welcome Hyperlutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 174. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Well, I already fucked it up because uh, I was a little bit like two seconds late pushing the button, so. Oh boy. Oh boy. And you know, before we started recording, you were bragging about how sober you were this episode and how everything was going well. And We're doing the live video now. We've got to get the video going. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the best way to use these tools since YouTube threw a little monkey wrench into our process, if you will. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, though. You get what you pay for. Exactly. And as you know, it was free. So they got rid of Hangouts recently, and that's what we had been using the whole time. So now we're trying to use different tools, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but here we are. We're making it happen now. So welcome. The problem is, is because we're remote. We're not in the same studio. So if we're in the same studio, that's a that's a layup. You know, we're easy to do. But yeah, we're just uh, embracing the modern world that we live in, where we can be all over the globe and we can still connect and make these things happen. So exactly. We're worldwide. So we got to make sure that we keep our worldwide wideness. Going. We're kind of like the pit bulls of skiing. That's we're right. like Mr. Misters worldwide. That's us. Dali. Huh. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is there. I am working on a little bit of a fine-tuning. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. I think I may just uh, just throw out updates throughout the next couple of weeks instead of kind on of... website? Yeah. Just a couple of, uh, of fine-tuning and cleanup stuff. And a lot of it is more really on the back end, kind of me reprogramming a lot of stuff, more for my portfolio and wanting to have a cleaner um, code base. But there's going to be some new look to it. There's, again, it's not going to be radical. It's going to be uh, not as much as last year, but just kind of a cleaning up, a little bit more elegant design, bells and whistles, if you will. So. Nice. If you want to check that out, skibumpodcast.com. I'll talk about it more, too, as I actually do deploy it. But I think it looks a little more fun. You know, the big thing was, like, we do a different image every week for every episode, if you never checked it out. I know some podcast players will show the actual episode image, and some will just show the regular logo. I know, like, Apple's is pretty ghetto, the, the, the regular podcast app. It just shows the logo. But I think... I think Stitcher might actually show whatever image you use for the episode. So, oh, nice. That's so, good. you know, I go, th- go through the effort to make these images, so I might as well have them show up somewhere. So I, uh, we kind of use a small version of it on the site, and I'm just making it bigger. You know, why not? It's already done. It's made. Why not make it visible? So that's one of the things, uh, just cleaning up some of the typography and making it a little more elegant. So that's happening. <sighs> a lot of words. I say you just throw it out there, dude. I've been at like a ton of sites this last week and getting pissed off because I'm an IT too and I know how it works. And it's all this DevOps bullshit where they're like, well, if it's broken, we'll just fix it in production. It's like, okay, I can't get to my bank account now because you assholes are doing some bullshit on the site right now. Yeah, luckily, nothing that we're doing is that critical. Um, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. Just chuck it out there. Why yeah, not? just kind of deploy little little micro deployments, as you will. But yes, if you do want to buy some wonderful merch, we do have the shop there, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Nothing new is in there. Dude, I uh, 
if you want to have a beer with us and you want me to tell you about my summer, I would be happy to do so, but I'm not doing it on the podcast. It's, this has to be an in-person discussion and there's got to be a lot of booze flowing or possibly stuff from well, the gondola. Well, let's just say, um, you know, Brian, you're in the New York, New Jersey metro area. I'm down in the Tampa area. If you want to get together with one of us, send us a note. Maybe we'll do a little happy hour. I'm always up for a good happy hour. I'm looking yes. for a job right now, so I'll happy hour the hell out of everything to network. Yes, Mario will be your pool boy. He will be your, <laughs> your manservant. Like this, you would not believe how many skills this man has. He can like do your floor. I got carpet. a lot of skills, bro. He can lay carpet. You know, he can do a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm handy as hell. I'm actually thinking about toying around with flipping houses. I can do Look everything. Look at you, dude. Do it all. We should talk offline because I, uh, I want to. We'll talk offline. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. I'm thinking, um, uh, you know, winter house flip. We could have our own show. Ski bums flip houses. We'd be drunk flipping houses. It'd be great. Uh, we probably shouldn't be <laughs> drunk while flipping the houses. Maybe we'll have like a celebratory dinner where we get a little uh, buzz. But, you know, I mean, again, anything's possible. Apparently, the bigger dipshit you are, the more popular you are in social media. So. Yeah, right. Speaking of which, you can find us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. I got to be honest. I, uh, you know, I know we, we both kind of do our the social media for the site. I've definitely been down a bit lately in my posting. Part of it's summer. Part of it is like the heat just melting my will to live. And part of it is I've actually been finding so much more joy in analog life and trying to step away a bit from just doing too much social media I, like i just get on like on twitter which is my preferred social media uh channel and i just i just get annoyed and mad and just i i, I look back after the 10 minutes i str i scroll through there and i'm just like why did i do that what did i accomplish what did i i didn't build anything i didn't create anything i just got annoyed and consumed and i hate that what was the purpose right yeah, like I, I like to build things and create things and design things. And when I'm just consuming, I feel like just a like a like a McDonald's drive-through, like vacuum. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. On the other hand, like you know, I I get a little bummed out. Like I I get I get a little dose of reality. Like so, uh, you know, I start looking at our socials. We don't have a lot of people following us. It's the same number. I looked at the podcast awards. Of course, we're not up there. Um. I, part of it is we don't try hard enough and part of it is we need you guys to act for us, you know? Yeah. We need a but little help. if you are a NASDAQ member, you will notice that we were highlighted. We were profiled in the latest newsletter. On that newsletter, so, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you, NASDAQ, for including us and to our friends at Alba Adventures. They were in on there as well. So, and they were the They're ones on who got us. they now, aren't they? They're always all over the place, man. They were in, uh, they were in Quebec recently and they went to Boston, to Maine. Like, they're, they're just always on the go. Yeah. We're definitely got to hook up with them too. Um, I know we, they, we were, <laughs> we were talking back in May about getting together. Cause they're, they're not, they're in our area. They're in New York city. And, uh, again, this, this summer, like I seriously, I need to Are we gonna get together with rich. Cause I got to see if I'm going to come up. Maybe we can uh, get together with Alba. We got to get together with rich. Like we gotta, we have, how about an Apre Alba ski bum podcast triumvirate? That, adventure. that would be pretty badass. That would be, uh, again, and it would be better if it happened on the mountains. Like we talked about it before. Like we have all these friends that we, we hang out with. 
when we're not skiing, we talk about skiing and we don't <laughs> ski together. It's just I know. like, how is your skiing? But we're talking about, we're recapping what they did for skiing. What what's, we did. So what's the definition kind of, of insanity? Talking about skiing with your friends that ski and then don't ski with them. I believe it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so check us out. Check out the website. We're also on all the your favorite podcasting apps, you know, iTunes and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and Spotify and all those bad boys. So check it out, subscribe, tell your friends, rate us. That would be wonderful. And also if you want to hit us up, ski podcast at gmail.com. It's time for our pray today. So Mario, you want to start us off with a good old app pray today? Oh yeah, and I'm drinking it out of my my nice uh, on it mug. Nice, the conqueror. Hashtag <laughs> conquer. Hashtag conquer. Mm. That is a very that's a nice mug. So delicious. So I started out um, kind of fighting a sinus infection, and I decided, you know, let me have like a nice hot tea with some bourbon in it, maybe or some something in there. So I decided the tea with bourbon. So I had a nice tea. By the time Brian and I figured out this whole setup today and got our shit together, uh, tea was cold and I drank it already. So now I'm just on to the good old Woodford Reserve. So you're having a tea with bourbon. Hold the tea. Hold the tea. Uh, but I got these big ice cubes. I got these new ice cube trays and they're gigantic. They're two by two ice cubes. So they're like a great size for chucking in a drink. Are they like uh, like this size here? They That looks like them. These are they, actually, I think they're. Oh, that's the four. That's the eight one, right? Yeah, I think that's a, the exact one I got. Four dude. by two. And I got it came a... with a lid. Oh, lid! <laughs> we got the same exact one. Amazon, I got, right? I got the two pack. Yeah. Yeah, I got two two packs, so I made like four. Oh my god, you like a million ice cubes. I like my ice, man. I like for, my ice. For some reason, my ice. Some of them are hollow. I don't know why that happens. Oh really? Yeah, there's one that's like all hollow here. I don't know what happened huh. there. Eh, it's Jersey dumpster water, I guess. I don't know. It's the dumpster water that makes them hollow inside. Dumpster water. Like we are all, all are in New Jersey. We are all hollow inside. But so I'm still having this bottle. And this is the one I had when I got my new place. My realtor got this for me because she was so happy that I bought the place. So she gave me <laughs> a nice handle. 1.75 liters. I've been taking it down slowly, but I'm like, I think this is going to have to go down a lot quicker. Yeah, you know, I know I'm definitely guilty of just having a bunch of bottles around where it's like, you know, if you just took like half of a shot, it would be empty, the bottle, right? It's like, why do you keep all these almost empty bottles around? Yeah, I've been killing a lot of Moscow mules lately, though. Oh. It's kind of like, I looked, I was like, I got to go back to Costco to get another costco size vodka thing. I was like, that's not good. But it's what has to be done. The, I love how they put the label batch and the bottle number on here. That's pretty awesome, right? Like that's nice. So you could track it. So if I get mm -hmm. sick, they could be like, "All right, call these other people. They're probably sick too." Oh boy, whoever had batch number one seven four three nine, you're in uh, trouble. He just shat himself to death. He's all right. It's, uh, it could happen to anyone. If you start shitting yourself, then stop drinking. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Well, I have been on a big tequila kick. I always am in the summertime. I just I really do enjoy me some tequila, and I'm talking good tequila. Not your Cuervo nonsense, you know. Fancy, not, highfalutin tequila. Not not the Montezuma's tequila that you get in a plastic jug for oh. spring break. None of that nonsense. So this past weekend, my, the wife and I, Andrea and I, uh, we didn't have to 
watch our child because my, they were, he was at his grandparents' house, nice. which was awesome. So her and I tend to drink a lot of margaritas well, <laughs> when we can. Ooh. So we got, if you ever had the 1800, they do a coconut tequila. Coconut. So we were yeah, making flavoring tequilas now, right? Yeah. If a lot of them are gross, but that one is fantastic. So that nice. with margaritas, we drank them like all weekend, which was lovely. Yeah, but, that'd be good in a margarita. Oh, dude. And dude, margaritas are so easy to make. Like the recipe is just lime juice, triple sec, preferably Cointreau, and then a good tequila. Get your ratio, maybe a little simple syrup if you want. That's wonderful. So good. And we were drinking them all weekend and it was awesome. But now I've moved away from the margarita. I'm just into the regular tequila. And you Straight talked up. about your throwback uh, from that same era just before. Nice. Yes. Classe Azul. Classe Azul. Reposado. Nice. There's, a, there's still a little bit left. I think we drank this with Kevin on the one podcast. Yeah. I think we drank it on one podcast before then. One time when Rich was here, we drank it. And there's still a little bit left. And again. Get our mileage out of that. The same thing is I don't want to finish it because it's so good. And I don't want to have to buy another bottle of it because it is not cheap. But oh, and the only reason you have it is because I was leaving town. And I got that from that <laughs> Vice. Because I would have never just bought that. I got that from the Vice box. That Rob. Was it Rob Vice? Is that what it was Rob, called? Uh, uh, yeah. Rob Vice's. The Rob Report box. Um, that's the only reason I even got it. And I was like. And then we tried it. And I was like. This is delicious. Yeah. But you like it. I was like, you well, have that's the this. kind of thing too. You were like, you were like, I don't like tequila, it's gross. And then, you know, again, I think most people had a bad tequila experience in their life. Yeah. Even now, and, I don't like the taste of tequila. I'll have a margarita, this, but it's got to be nice and balanced. But this too is not like a regular tequila. Like this is a reposado, so all. it's aged for I think it's up to a year. It's more is like it, a bourbon. It is more like a bourbon. We got a little bit of like a funky, that funky, like kind of agave flavor to it yeah or those but, aged rums you know the heck they just change the flavor altogether even, even wine that's aged in barrels you know it, it gives it a well all wine is aged in barrels i'm retarded yes but if it's like <laughs> a like i like the um again it's ghetto but that apothic the uh inferno the one that they age it in whiskey barrels yeah i think that's that's like my favorite kind of wine i don't care if it's white trash it's delicious i love it oh apothic makes some good ones like just regular drinking table wine i mean yeah they're simple wines again it's not like some fancy i'm showing off to my friends like no it's just i like to drink it it's tasty dude and they go out and they like Publix down here in florida they always put like different wines on sale they had like a two for one buy one get one wow for the same price i was like how could i not buy four you know it's a very florida thing yeah i mean so i'm drinking this tequila it's so smooth it's got a lot of flavor to it and yeah it tastes more more like a bourbon because of that aging than you know a regular uh, uh, than a regular like a silver or uh, a blanco tequila a lot more aged flavor a lot more you know wood and vanilla it's it's really tasty so mm. if you got a few bucks to throw around you could do worse see and i got my ice cubes in our highfalutin skin ski bums yeti mug there and are still what, a few left on the website it is keeping that ice freaking from melting i use that mug every day for my coffee and i love it oh here's a i, I you know we usually give shout outs and props things oh. that we love 
I want to give a negative shout out to one of the most disgusting things I've ever eaten in my life or drank Uh-oh. in my life. What was it? So I'm trying, I like to experiment with different creamers for my coffee, right? Oh, all right. And I've been trying to, like, I went to TJ Maxx because <laughs> I'll keep it real. TJ Maxx? They have like, I the, thought you were going to say, like, I don't know, Whole Foods or something. But hang on, hang on. Hope you're sitting down. <laughs> So yeah, they have like food and stuff there sometimes. So they had a yeah. bunch of these like coffee creamers, like the powder. Bed Bath and Beyond has that section now, that weird little section of stuff. Yeah, like the international food sometimes. And yeah, yeah. So TJ Maxx, they had like a, a keto cafe, and they had this creamer. I'm like, oh, this is great. And it, so it's kind of like the stuff that you, if you do like the the bulletproof coffee, the butter coffee, where it's like the butter, the MCT oil. And I got one called Keto Cafe, and I loved it. This was great. It was unflavored. It was unsweetened. I, I it was loved a whole it. Drink, it was awesome. Or it was an add. Well, it was just the powder you added to your coffee. Oh, okay. So I got that. I loved it. Went back. They didn't have that one, but I found another one, and it was called Keto Bomb. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's called Keto Bomb. This has got to be amazing. Bomb. It's got to be the bomb. It was fucking disgusting. I, and I didn't realize at the time, but it was like the French vanilla latte flavor. So it started off having the fake vanilla taste. And then I saw I had like sucralose in there. And I hate fake sweeteners so mm. much. It just so do t- I. I can't drink anything with them. It tasted like, you know, like those, the urinal cakes that in like the men's room, they have like those pink urinal cakes that you use. Fresh so cakes. like, when you like piss on it, it just makes it smell like less like piss. It was kind of like what a urinal cake smells like because I fortunately have never eaten a urinal cake. But what it smells like is like that with vanilla in your coffee. So uh, fuck you, Keto Bomb, and your disgusting product. Actually, on Amazon, they're saying not keto friendly, worse than table sugar. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely vile. Will knock you out of ketosis. Dude, it was another the person most, put. It was disgusting. It oh, tasted they say like it's just, loaded with maltodextrin and sucralose, which have high glycemic index. So they said it, it messes you up. Yeah. Never buy keto bomb. It tastes like just urinal cake. Vanilla flavored urinal cake. Actually, Don't every uh, everybody is, is saying it contains maltodextrin and sucralose, which they didn't expect. So a lot of people were like, this is not um not keto. It's bullshit. It's just a friggin' word they used. I, I want to see, like, are the people that are saying that it's, you know, because people will grab stuff if it's advertised. Oh, keto, that's that's like the new buzzword. That must be better for you. I wonder if the people that did the good reviews were not following keto diet and just looked <laughs> for it because it's healthier and like, because they're like, I love this product. And it's just better. dumping it on their pancakes. I'm like, yeah, like, whatever. Putting, like, I put half a bottle in, in my coffee. It's great. Yeah. Well, they can all just suck a dick in hell the keto bomb people because it was disgusting it was one of the most disgusting things i've ever eaten in my life well here's a disappointing thing right so you know i i've never been on a keto diet but like you know if you ever try to go on a on you know a diet or or try something that's like organic or whatever if you get something that's shitty you're like i'm never trying anything in that in that profile again you know what i mean yeah it really puts it in a, a negative place but again, like I, uh, I'm not, I'm not like I'm trying to be keto. I mean, I'm, I try to eat relatively healthy. I just, I like to mess with, because uh, again, I like that 
butter coffee. I've always liked that, like kind of bulletproof coffee. But in the mornings, I don't want to deal with the whole like blending it. It's like, you know, kind of get out the door quick yeah. and get the little guy who's probably sleeping and I'm going to wake him up. So I want something that's that's quick. Well, now they have it packaged in a can, right? In a in a little box. Dude, bulletproof coffee guys blown up. They have it at Costco now. They have like a, uh, a case of it. But again, I like to make my own coffee. Like, I don't want to spend all my, I, I don't want all that extra garbage that I create too with packaging, you know, because everyone's yeah. just, there's just garbage everywhere. Like, I want to make my own coffee, a little bit of grinds is all my way. I could use that for freaking uh, compost. I'm not, I can come up with no waste when I make my own coffee. And so I like it's that. It's funny. I always bitch about like people order like all this stuff from Amazon. And it's not just Amazon, they order stuff online all, all the time. Um, from skibumpodcast.com too. Exactly. And I go to the dumpster and, you know, you throw stuff out and you put stuff in the recycle and you just see all tons of boxes. And uh, it's funny. So I got a 12 year old living in the house now and I order a lot of shit from from online and uh, it builds up like I let it build up. And I'm like, OK, let me cut it all up and, and get it all nice down in size and then put it out to the. Uh, actually, I have him put it out to the uh, recycling. That's and what he's there he for. He actually made a comment. He's like, you know, this is what's ruining the environment. I'm like, exactly, kid. This is what I've been saying. Nobody's stopping their their usage of stuff. They're just saying, well, it's more recyclable. So I'm going to still use 20 times more than I used to. But how many more boxes got to get like chewed up, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, it's from recycled paper. Okay, you're going to recycle it again. But now you can't just take a perfectly good box that I had and use that. You got to break it down and then build up another box. It's crazy. Hemp packaging, man. Hemp is right. Hemp is the future. Hemp is right. Just making steel. Send steel tubs, and then we'll recycle them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the possibility. I don't know. So speaking about a rampage, um, <laughs> about a product. Now that's I'll a segue. The, I'll start the intro to this, and I know you, you, you found this one, and I read it. It's pretty funny. So Brewdog um, Brewery got a roasting for its punk whiskey design. So I guess what the owner does is every once in a while he puts stuff on on uh, Instagram or Twitter. I think he put this on Twitter, um, and it was a prototype for packaging idea that he had for some whiskey that they're actually going to make, and it's called Young Blood Punk Whiskey, and he put it out on social media, and it was a huge backlash. People were like, Oof. like bad stuff they were saying. So it was. I mean, every, take it over from most there. people online are assholes, you know, and everyone, you know, criticizes everything. Yeah. But th this was particularly deserved, though. They, you know, the folks at, at BrewDog, you know, they make some cool beers. They have that awesome hotel we talked about a few weeks ago. But this design was really just bad. It's kind of like what like a seventh grader would like do yeah. if he's like thinks he's like a badass, you know, or, like right uh. like a like a band label up. It just looks, and you know, the thing is he posted a picture with it next to some of the similar whiskeys that I guess it's trying to compete with. Yeah. And they all have like a classic, you know, label look to it. And this looks almost like, you know, kind of like a, that flask shape bottle, but it's like black and has this like punky looking, you know, typography. It looks really just it looks yeah, ghetto. amateur. Real yeah. amateur, yeah. Especially compared to the next, you know, the stuff next to it. It's got a dark glass. You can't even see the color of the the whiskey inside. Like, so I love like some of the comments. They put some of the, the Twitter comments in this article. And I like <laughs> the one it's from where is it? It's the girl. Uh 
Yeah, Crime Girl. Her third comment is, I want it to look like whiskey, not FCUK body wash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I was yeah, like, that was pretty good, man. I hit it right on the head. Well, the other girl below, the, uh, like right above that, was like, she was pretty hardcore. She's like, unfortunately, it's not Scotch Whiskey Association compliant. There is no whiskey category, and the 70 CL and 40% look less than four millimeters. Wow. Boom. Someone's on top of their standards. That girl knows her shit. Don't mess right. with her. That's Finally, crazy. someone says goddamn standards in this world. Yeah. So I don't know if he was just toying around and wanted to see what rise he can get out of people, but he got a, he got a, he got a rise out of people. All right. Yeah. And sometimes you need to do that, you know, just to kind of keep people on their toes because everyone's ready to troll and be an asshole. Sometimes you just got to give them a little bit of like a little bit of chum in the water, if you will. Yeah. But he didn't get real just trollers. He got people that knew their shit. I'm like, wow, there's a, there's a educated consumer for whiskey out there, which is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I follow a bunch of different design blogs and newsletters. And this is one of the ones that came through. And I was like, ooh. This is a good fodder for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. With that, it's everyone's favorite. Let's get into the Genjula. Now, speaking of opinions, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, cannabis is legal now. What is it? 11 or 12 states recreationally? Should and, be all of them, I hope. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> And it's to the point now where if you're like a super OG and, you know, you were, you were hitting it hard before legalization, you embrace legalization, but it's like, oh, now it's passe because everyone's able to just, you know, smoke weed and it's not a big thing anymore. This is like this kind of article that, yeah. you know, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's humorous. And it's an opinion piece from our friends at Leafly. And it's an opinion. Oh, it says, so Brian, it's okay. So before you even talk about it, before it was legal, everybody was just smoking whatever shit they got down the corner or through their dealer that was probably mixed with other shit. And now everybody is a quote unquote connoisseur of weed. Yeah, right. Now, Which, yeah, the guy. It's kind of funny, right? Whatever, like your uh, your weed guy had. That's just yeah. what you would get. Like, you know, before everybody's drinking PBRs, now everybody has craft beer. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I like the, you know, now they're a connoisseur. It's like, dude, you eat turds just about. And you're going to. Yeah, you, you like got... this keto shit that the keto bomb. You like that shit. <laughs> keto bomb. And you're gonna tell me what kind of beer, what kind of herb to, to have? It's fucked up. It's funny. There just is snobs in every single category for every single product. That's yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Because you know why? There's just too much shelter and not enough wolves. So we're yeah. able to just be assholes and wax poetic <laughs> about nonsense topics. And that's kind of what we do here. So we thank you for not having all these wolves around and all this shelter and food. But this, uh, you know, we don't have a bean of the week, but this is kind of like a, uh, uh, a tribute to the bean, of the week. sort of a tribute to the bean. Yeah. And it's, you know what, it's a, it's a strain that we've had out in Washington and it was quite lovely. It says, this article says opinion. It's okay. That blue dream is your favorite cannabis strain. And Blue Dream is just a beloved strain. It's got over 12,000 reviews on Leafly, most of them exceptional, 4.4 out of 5. And it's sort of, again, going into saying that people are like poser noobs if that's their favorite strain. Yeah. And it's. But why just, wouldn't it be? It's great. So. But you know what? It's like someone saying, like, uh, you know, like Sip of Sunshine is their favorite beer. It's like. Yeah, well, now I can understand become, that because it's shark. 
yeah, it's it's out there and a lot of people can get it now, but also it's freaking delicious. So I can understand why people would want to say it's their favorite. Right. It's almost so good that people people just like lemmings say it's great, even if they, you know, just because everybody else says it is, but it is really good, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, and this article goes on to say, you know, it feels great when you smoke it. You feel super chill, full body relaxation, creative stimulation. Its availability is unmatched. You can actually get it all over the place, which is great. Perfect for any time of the day. Some band had a whole song about it. So Jenny you know, Yeah. People getting snobby about every single little category of thing and Wait, mm, I bet your favorite stream of weed strain of weed is Blue Dream, huh? <laughs> While they smoke their skunk asshole. Yeah. Skunk it, asshole is my favorite. It's really <laughs> not a lot of people like it, but you know, you gotta really like the taste of skunk asshole. Like what's the one that, there's like all kind of like blue cheese ones too, you know? Like Yeah. And you know yeah, what? Take again, your fucking fancy ass thing and smoke it out of a hat. Yeah. I'm gonna smoke my blue dream and just chill out for a little bit. I'm still going with God's gift, but you know what? I like blue dream and I don't give a damn. What God's, the, uh, God's gift was good. Blue dream is God, good. God's gift is different. God's gift's a different world though, man. That puts you on that puts you into a happy place. Yeah, I'm still upset I didn't get to try the Bruce Banner. So man. Yeah. Well, I uh I want to Hulk out. We should drink Incredible Hulks and smoke the Bruce Banner. That'd be like a combination from hell. We're going to have to do that in person for an in-person podcast. Oh, yeah. And we're going to need someone to work the board on that day. That'd be that like a Telluride podcast. Oh, yeah. We, um, so I... little can of punch to go with it. <laughs> allegedly, someone that I know is going to Massachusetts in the very near future, and I was looking at Ooh. some of the stuff they had, and Bruce Banner was on the menu, so... Nice. Yes. And Hulk Bruce out with Banner the- in the house. Yeah, they should do everything for all the all the comic book characters. Have like a Thor Thunder Hammer or some shit like that. <laughs> Thor's hammer. I'm sure there is like a Thor's hammer strain. Something. You just yeah. name it that. Come up with a good strain. Be like, yeah, it's Thor's hammer. Yeah. All right, Maria. Cool. What's what's next? All right. So the next uh, two articles kind of go together. So Florida and Texas decriminalize marijuana possession. So they're saying um, they're going to stop pr- prosecuting low level marijuana cases which is good i think a lot of people are speculating with the 2020 presidential election a lot of weed is going to be on the ballots and one of the comments that i heard on the news um you know filtering through all the shit news that's out there is they actually said that weed might be on ballots um because it will get people out to vote so it's kind of a ploy to say hey you might not want to vote for president but you to get you out to the poll to possibly vote. If we put weed on the ballot, there's people that wouldn't normally, that they believe wouldn't normally vote would get out to the, to vote, which isn't really a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea. I've heard crazier theories. Yeah. So they're saying, um, you know, it also hits the, uh, the the farm bill and you know, they're they're working on the legislature for that. So I think it's kind of cool. They did that. And and then along the, I think they were connected because, the next article we have is uh, if you use medical marijuana in Florida, you can't buy a gun. Yeah. Yeah. I figure yeah, this category, this is right up your alley. This Which story here is pretty awesome because purchasing a firearm um, requires you to fill out an ATF form, alcohol, drug, alcohol, tobacco, firearm, right? Um, 
And one of the questions is they ask you if you're an unlawful user of illicit drugs, including marijuana. And they, they word it like that specifically because it's not legal in a state like Florida. I don't believe it's legal in a state like Texas, so I don't know if it affects there, but it's pretty interesting to see where, because federally it's legal, illegal, um, ATF is federal. So I wonder if that has other restrictions on hunting license, firearms license, any other things like that. Because if you think about it, if you answer truthfully, you probably wouldn't be able to get some of these, some of these licenses. So I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. It's, you know what, it, just the fact that they call cannabis a drug when all it is, is a plant. That's all it is. Isn't it just so goofy? How it's it's, it's like, it brings okay, to poison, head, poison it ivy. brings to a head like federal jurisdiction. So firearms is federally, federally regulated because your state says it's, it's legal because the federal government says you can't have it now in your state. You can't have something because it's, even though it's for your state only, it's still regulated by federal. Mm-hmm. So you're unable to do certain things, which I think is pretty interesting. I wonder if it, if theoretically it could affect what a driver's license. Do you regularly use um, illegal drugs, right? If everybody were to answer that truthfully, or they, or they were to cross check and say, Oh, you know what? You, you have a medical marijuana license where we can't give you a driver's license because you use illegal drugs, federally illegal drugs. I mean, that's pretty fucked up, but yeah. Who knows? Who knows what the next step is? Who knows is right. Yeah. Like well, said, that's why we got to make it legal federally. I believe the next step is that we all look to Mike Tyson for inspiration again. Yeah. So if you haven't heard, Mike Tyson has a ranch out in California, 40 acre ranch where they're working on making higher end cannabis. And I love Iron Mike. They were, they were asking Mike on a, a he would be the weed farmer that would whoop a whole ATF ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> He apparently uh, uh, hosts a podcast called Hot Boxing. And he <laughs> <Nice>. was talking about, <laughs> the host was asking him about how much do you smoke a month? And they said that on the ranch, they smoke about $40,000 worth. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> now, I don't know and how many for him. people. He's back on top, bro. I don't know how many people are included in that forty thousand dollars worth it's like three but yeah right like but damn that's a lot of weed uh, funny but you shit. know what he's super chill now like he's back he, he was on rogan's podcast a couple months ago and he was talking how he's like i don't even he's like i can't even box anymore he's like i don't even want to work out he's like because when i do like that that crazy comes back like i tell you man he's a freaking beast Dude, he's had some, he's had a crazy ass life and, you know, he's had so many different acts to it. You know, like, I don't know if you ever saw that, um, his like one man show that he did. Yeah. Well, and then the story of the one man show, how like his wife helped him out. Like, it's a crazy story, man. Oh yeah. It was, you know, he, I forget why he started doing it. Was it his wife said like, oh, you should start telling these stories to people. It's part of therapy. And he said it was very therapeutic to do it. I, I think that's great. And, you know, he's, that's not his, his, what he's always done. It was kind of, an, it was a little bit awkward, but also beautiful. Like it was great. Like he was yeah. so, he's just an interesting dude and had such an insane life that, 
and he, yeah, like I said, he's had all these different acts to his life, you know, as, as growing up as a, you know, a kid in, in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and then being found out and, and being pulled up to the Catskills and custom auto training him and then becoming a champ and then just losing cuss and becoming this like psycho killer, like, and going, you know, with all the problem with the women and going to jail and then coming back and like, and just becoming this beloved figure now. Like it's, it's such, such a crazy life. He's lived. didn't he lose like uh, a daughter of his died, like a young daughter. Like, I'm not sure. I, I forget, remember. He definitely lost a child. Um, Damn. Yeah. There was something. Uh, her his four year old daughter died in an accident while playing. She got tangled in the cord of a treadmill. Damn. That was a that was a couple years ago, yeah, two thousand nine. Damn, Oof, horrible. So this guy has, you know, he's lived through a ton of stuff that would have destroyed a lot of people, and he uh, he found his way through. And you look at him now, you hear him now, and he's just so at peace with life. And you know, to to go through what he's gone through and to be that way, I mean, that's really pretty incredible you know it's really very humbling and i think he's he's you know been at the top of the world i mean baddest man on the planet heavyweight champion of the world you know knocking guys out in 90 seconds but it's funny how people eagerly dismiss some people they say oh they had a problem with this like i know his deal i know you don't know shit about people like you know don't think you know somebody just by the story that you're told like you got, it really proves you got to dig deeper into somebody, what they went through and what they're going through to, to understand them. And even now, I think you still get a glimpse of how to understand them, but you don't know what goes on. I'm sure he's got a lot of other stuff that goes on. I mean, pretty, he, he was not, was 19 or 18 and he was a champ of the world. Knock anybody off of the planet. Yeah. Like that goes to your head. That fucks that, that, that puts something in your head. Like, you know, you're the baddest man on earth. Like that's fucked up. Yeah. Hey, you watch those videos of him when he was that age at his prime. I mean, how fast he was. And he wasn't oh, even yeah. like he wasn't even the biggest heavyweight. I mean, he was what like 215, 220, yeah, 5'10. Reach. He was short. Like everybody he always got whenever you saw his fights, most of the time he was under reach. And people were like, Oh, he's not gonna be able to reach. He found a way, man. Dude, his speed at that size was incredible. To watch the way, how fast, how many punches he would throw with such velocity. With and, yeah. oh, just brutal. I mean, he devastated people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, like go back to what you just said about people not knowing, you know, really. Like, dude, it, that's one thing I've realized as I get older is that the things that you think are, are often not, you know, as as ambiguous as that sounds, there's so much more to people. There's so much more to life. There's so much more to experiences. I mean, just think about everyday interactions. Like someone cuts you off in traffic. Someone's driving like an asshole. You're like, Oh, look at this fucking guy. What the hell is he doing? Like, you don't know what that person is going through. They could have a loved one in the hospital. They're going to, they could have just gotten a cancer diagnosis. You know, they could be a really big shit. I don't know, man. Exactly. Like it could be such a, a variety of things covering all horrible, funny, serious, stupid. Like it covers like so many different things. And to assume that you know anything and that you know people like it's, it's arrogant and it's dangerous. And well, 
you know, just, just go on the assumption that you don't know shit and try to find out every day what's going on if you're really interested. If it doesn't really interest you and it doesn't mean shit, then let things be. You know, you don't have to pry. Yeah. But yeah, and you know what, like I really see a lot of people trying to pry into other people's lives thinking that they know what they're going through. Walk a walk a mile in a person's shoes and you'll understand and it's not really as easy as you thought. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And our media is definitely skewing that even more too. You know, I again bringing up Joe Rogan oh, again so because ridiculous. that's most of what I listen to during the day and get inspiration from. Listen to him talk to Bernie Sanders. And you know, I'm a big I consider myself an anarcho-capitalist, so what Bernie brings to the table or what the media tells me Bernie brings to the table. Well, is that's like just it. See, at least you realize the difference. Oh, dude. I, uh, I Some people don't realize the difference. You're hearing what the media tells you Bernie said. Now, yes, exactly. Unless and, you hear all of Bernie's speeches, you don't know what he actually said. And those debates are so ridiculous. All it is is just people trying to get sound bites out in one minute, not having time yeah. to really and like eloquently talk through a thought. Which well, takes they know they're going to take 20 seconds or 10 seconds or five seconds of a clip of what they said. And they're going to, oh, we'll use that. We'll run with it. That's you all know? they want. That's all they want. Because they, they, God they forbid gotta... you say something stupid for five seconds. They'll use that too on a headline. Yeah. But yeah, so Rogan talking to Bernie, I was like, this actually makes, what he's saying makes a lot of sense. Now, when it comes down to getting rid of, you know, everyone's college debt and college being for free, it's like, all right, man. Dude, like, I want to go back to college. I think I'm going to go for my PhD. That all sounds adorable, but at the end of the day, someone's got to pay for that. So I don't. Ag- I definitely don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says. But the way he presented it on that podcast versus how the media portrays him was, yeah. I mean, probably ninety percent different. And I was like, yeah, again, you really. That, that's what I. And I read another thing today online. I was talking about skills that people should learn, and. The ability to be skeptical and question things is one of the things that we lose, we've lost in our society. And I don't know if we've actually lost it or just kind of put it aside because it seems like everyone just wants to throw like salacious headlines and attention grabbing, you know, tweets and posts on Facebook. And it's it, it a lot of it is the the meaning and the explanation isn't really there. It's just that quick headline. And an example of that. Remember our friend Aguilar Aguilar, the girl who got busted at Taco Bell? Yes. Aguilar Aguilar. <laughs> so I went back and actually I just I wanted to get I wanted to see a follow up if there's any more information on what happened. And what sucks is the article that we had only focused on the, the headline and the salaciousness of, of it. Of course. So of course. And we just ran with it. We're like, fuck it, just like everybody well, else. Let's run with it. It, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds crazy news. Right. Well, I, f- I found another article that actually had more information on it. And now this is this actually pissed me off, and I wish we would have found this version of the article before. So the story is that this lady, it was like 1.30 on a Monday morning, 1.30 a.m. Mm. She's at Taco Bell. There's two people in the car. They're high. They're drinking Hennessy. She was in the drive-thru, and she actually poured Hennessy into the Taco Bell employee's mouth. Nice. So it was a, it was a dude, and he was, you know. He's probably like, yeah, you pour some in my mouth. That's cool. I so, want to drink. What ended up happening was, is there was a fucking cop in the drive-through lane, like oh. an undercover cop behind her, who saw all of this. So that's uh, how she got. And busted. she's driving too. That's fucked up, right? But dude, one thirty in the morning at Taco Bell, isn't that entrapment? 
Really? That's like, freaking entrapment. Like you what? hang out at, at a Taco Bell, yeah. Dude, you got that you get any decent friggin' better call Saul lawyer to get you out of that. Cause that's fucking entrapment. Because anything right. you're doing at Taco Bell at 1 30 in the morning is not gonna be positive and can probably end you up in jail. Exactly. You and know what's gonna happen. So what happened was the guy who was working in the drive-through lane in the window, he said, Oh yeah, most of it just got on my shirt and missed my mouth. <laughs> smart oh, fucking guy smart right? guy yeah that fucking guy that guy he uh, should be a lawyer you're good you you so yeah so uh, just question things and appreciate things and i don't know is there really a point to what we just said I don't, I don't think there is well there is i mean you know you gotta fucking question everything and tyson smokes a lot of weed and you know what tyson smokes weed i He's wish i was it. there at the ranch we should i'm wondering if we can we could we go to the ranch? I want to write to Mike. I actually just we just followed Hotbox and just you know, dude. And we we got to reach out and see if we can take a trip to the ranch. I would love to do a ski Hotbox weekend. <laughs> we should ski with Mike Tyson. Urban Ski Weekend. We're taking oh. Tyson with us to Gaithers oh, yeah. Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, man. Gatlinburg. That's the dude, closest. We've been mountain. to Dolly World too. After. <laughs> Ooh, Dollywood. Dollywood. Does Dolly Great. Parton have any daughters? I don't know, but I was talking to somebody. Oh, my girlfriend was actually, she pointed out to me because we were talking about how famous people were singing in Vegas. And I was like, yeah, Celine Dion, what did she get? Like $150 million to sing like 10 years in Vegas? Like some of these freaking contracts were like crazy. And she actually said, you know, if you think about Celine Dion, what put her on the map was that um, Titanic Titanic um, song, right? The original, that was a remake. The original was Dolly Parton. Was it really? Yeah. And I actually looked it up and I was playing it. I was like, holy shit. Dolly's a fucking genius, man. She has a whole bunch of shit that's been remade. Like, the, she is like, that girl good. She she's a, she's an old school entrepreneur, man. Yeah, she's yeah. a badass. She's really made uh, a lot out of herself when people just took it for granted. It's good for her to keep going through it, man. She probably went through a lot of shit, but I tell you what, man, I idolize her now. She's, she's that's the her. thing. And that's the thing you have to always realize is that most people, whatever you want to do in this world, whatever you want to be, you will have so many people who criticize you along the way. And you know what all those people who criticize you have in common? They're all fucking losers. They yep. all haven't achieved their dreams. They haven't accomplished anything. They just want to pull you down to hang out with them at the bottom of the pile. Every well, single about one Parton, of Everybody take it for granted. Like they have no idea about her talent, about what she can do. And you know what? She's really talented. She's like you said, an she's entrepreneur. A, she's a hustler, man. Businesswoman, yeah. like great singer, you know, like had an image, sold the image. She was an actress. Like she's done yeah. so much. Don't fuck she with did what she had to do. And she made, made everything. And she's a self-made woman, man. That's pretty cool. She is a total badass. Yeah. Back when it was, when, you know, oh, Mike now, Tyson and Dolly Parton do Mike Mike Dollywood. How about that? A Mike Tyson add-on to the park where you smoke weed. What about them having like a karaoke show together? Like you know they have that like that 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 fat British guy in the car. Like they should have like a Dolly Parton, yeah. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Is that Corbin? <laughs> I love that the fat British guy. I knew exactly who you're talking about too. Mike Tyson. Because I love that. I love that car uh, karaoke. Mike Tyson, Dolly Parton, <laughs> driving around in like a freaking like an Escalade, smoking weed, singing Dude, songs be together. Fucking great! 
get Throw a little Snoop Dogg in there. Get a little. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Snoop, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. Snoop had Martha. Mike's Dude, got you Dolly. Do, you do Mike, Dolly, Snoop, and Martha in the car with James Corbin. That'd be like, fucking. I would watch. That'd be special. Fat, no, the fat British guy is unnecessary at this point. He's got to drive the car. Somebody's got to drive. <laughs> no, you you need some. You need like a freaking. Dolly Parton uh, could drive that car. How about? I don't think she does any. I don't know. I don't know. She seems a little cleaner than. How about Dale Earnhardt Jr. drives? Oh, that'd be great. Right? I think we got a show. <laughs> I think we got a show. We got a week long. I got three seasons out of this bitch. Extended seasons. All we need is someone to listen to our nonsense ideas. It might These be are... an HBO special. If HBO is listening, Netflix this could replace Game of Thrones. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones. Fuck that. We got these people riding out in the car. That's not a bad idea. Just uh, we just wanted an executive you know producer, down? and they're all going to be wearing. <laughs> they're all be going to be wearing the um, Westerly onesies. Uh... Oh, you know what? They could go to the um, the <laughs> what were they with the agains? I just wrote it down. It was the uh... we got the, the ah the dude. The uh, I'll remember it. Hold on a sec. I'm trying to rehydrate the alcohol I'm lost. molecules. I'm totally lost. The Westerly onesie. The um, the dude from like Big Lebowski. Yeah. What was the what was the religion we came up with? Oh, Lebowski's witnesses. Lebowski's. That's right. Yeah, the Westerly. Westerly it's not really onesie. a onesie. It's just really kind of a sweater. Dude, instead of monks wearing the wearing anything like the. The big robes, oh, Westerly onesies, right. man. That's right. We went with the Westerly and made We a had a whole thing. It. You don't remember? I diagrammed it out and I saved <laughs> those pages and they're in the archives right now. There's like schematics. Oh, dude, there's like, there's drawings. I had drawings of the onesies and people wearing them and praying with the onesies. Dude, you know what? Praying now with that, a bowling ball in the hand. Now that I think about it, I got to grab the pattern from that Westerly and just put the podcast logo as like part of the pattern. So I could so think it. about when people pray, the hands of prayer. When you bowl, you do the hands of prayer when you're bowling. Like it's kind of the same before you're walking up. This is Just true. Saying. See a bunch of people lined up on a bowling alley. Like that would look a little bit religious. Just saying. That's so we digress. True. Yes. Let's go to ski news. I think it's time for ski news, bro. I think it's definitely time for some ski news at this point. And you know. <laughs> Not a lot of people thinking about ski news in mid-August, uh, oh, except coming, man. there's a group of us. There's definitely some hardcore. You are not thinking us. about it. You are fucking late right now. You're just Boom. not. You're not one of us. I'm already picking out picking out trips. You're picking out onesies you're gonna wear at Apres Ski, dude. I'm gonna wear a westerly onesie while I fucking ski. Indeed. In Italy this year, I think maybe. Hey oh. Hey oh. All right, so here we go. This is from the good folks at NOAA National. Oceanic, atmospheric. Oh, I think it is atmospheric. Association. Oh, we're always so close. Every year, I feel like we almost get what NOAA stands for. National. National yeah, atmospheric Oceanic. administration. Administration. All right, I get. I'll get myself an A minus on that one. Miscuse. So close. So they are saying that El Nino is officially done, and the done. question now El Nino. Is, Dead. Other Done. Than dead. But what does that mean for winter 2019? 
I don't know. So See, now what, this is where we have to let other people digest it for us and tell us. It's yes. Like the news. What they're saying is, is that conditions are not El Nino or La Nina. It just means that it's in favor of an Enso neutral winter throughout the Northern Hemisphere. So hmm. what that means is that things will be normal. So the things that are usually oh. expected for winter. So are, you've had El Nino for how many years? It's been at least two, maybe three, I think. Do we even know what normal is at this point, right? And what What's is normal? the normal? Yeah. Yeah. So based on the latest indicators from the tropical ocean and atmosphere, NOAA forecasters have declared that El Nino has ended and neutral conditions have returned. Now, does a neutral mean that average weather conditions are expected to prevail around the globe? And the answer to that is actually no. A return to neutral means that we will not get that predictable influence from El Nino or La Nina, but the atmosphere is certainly capable of wild swings without a push from either influence. Dude, so, I should have been a fucking a meteorologist because they have every out for saying it's going to be La Nina, El Nino, El Nino, La Nina, and then, okay, it's out, but we can't tell you it's going to be anything. You just you yeah. got to watch. You got to watch. Tune in next time. That's exactly what they're saying. And Stay it says um, that it used to make the forecasting a little bit easier when it was El Nino or La Nina. And now mm -hmm. since it's normal, yeah, they got to work a little harder. So it also is going to influence Atlantic hurricane season, which typically ramps up this time of year and peaks in early to mid-September. El Nino tends to produce hostile conditions for Atlantic hurricanes. Um, so a return to neutral means that we will not get a decisive push from El Nino in the Atlantic. So Mario and myself, who live on the Atlantic Ocean, are very yeah. close to it, will may be benefiting us because there's less chances of hurricanes. So up until a few years ago, um, before I, before I even moved down here, I had no idea that hurricanes in this whole Southern region that go move up are actually started by the winds from Africa. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, what? And just last week they were talking about a storm that was out to sea. It didn't hit anywhere, but it was out to sea. They said it was, it was powerful but it actually had sand from africa that it was carrying in the storm and i'm like isn't that kind of fucked up so think about how many miles away that is and that shit is coming across the ocean and it's carrying like pieces of that earth like with it i'm like that's pretty crazy you think about it is that how the slaves came to america whoa whoa was whoa it a, was it a hurricane it, it was a it was a slave hurricane that's what it was it was crazy <laughs> Funded yeah. by what the Spanish, the Africans, and somewhere some other people. I'm sure the British were involved. They're involved in everything. Freaking British. <laughs> Goddamn British. <laughs> Those limey bastards. Brexit motherfuckers right there. <laughs> just get out already. Just pull out. <laughs> Why can't they just pull out? They didn't have like a Brexit. The Brits, like the Brits never pull out, out without a fight. That's right. No, mom, I can't pull out. They just don't know where they're not wanted. <laughs> God damn. Who wanted Brexit? Who wanted Brexit in the first? Who wanted the EU in the first place? They were dumb for going in there. You know who didn't do EU? Switzerland. Switzerland. Norway. You got you to gotta be like, 
Whoa, whoa, what do I got? They're like, wait, a bunch of these shitty countries aren't to come together. That's right. Yeah, sign me up, bro. We got to do is be like, you just don't want to be with Greece and you want to be wherever Switzerland is. That's where you got to be. Always follow the Swiss. They know what's they got snow and they got money and they got cheese. Delicious cheese. Good chocolate, too. Oh, good chocolate. See, they got everything, man. Milk. Mediocre beer. Got, that's right. <laughs> you know what they do for the beer? They fucking buy it. That's what they do. You know why they don't have an army? Because they buy it. You get a $12 Budweiser. That's right. They're like, I don't care. It's an import. Who's yeah. going gonna to buy it? All right. Next up, we got some crazy shit going on. So oh, This is fucked up. This is in Canada. Canada's house sound. So this is a big destination for sightseeing. And there was a cable cut sending cars crashing to the ground um this just happened this week and the craziest thing they're saying it is vandalism the royal canadian mounted police now you know being a police person is pretty cool but i took where's this thing coming from this goddamn is ad me? is like is that me oh that might be you that might that's be you. me <laughs> oh, my bad. It's me. that's God me beeping damn. that's me beeping <laughs> so this um Ah, selling off. Oh, we're good. Oh we're no, good. it's me. I think that nah, was me. God damn it! No, don't play. <laughs> this is what happens when you do God things without a head, right? God damn it! Oh, I muted it. I muted All it. All right, there you go. Um, so numerous cable cars came plummeting down near Vancouver's House Sound after cables cut early Saturday. So, you know, as I was just about to say, being a police could be baller. You know, that's kind of cool. But you're Royal Canadian Mounted Police. That sounds badass. That sounds like I'm riding in on a horse and I'm fucking shit up, right? Yeah, I see the, the video of these folks. They don't look like Mounties at all. They look like regular, like, fat cops. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to like the, the red outfit with the black hat. Yeah, now. Nah. They got the hat with the big brim, right? That's about it. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so the, the Sea to Sky Gondola, big sight, sightseeing attraction in Squamish which is where a lot of people from Whistler that are in Whistler live because it's so expensive in Whistler. Yeah, so if you're driving from Vancouver up to Whistler, it's uh, it's about two-thirds of the way up, I think, from... Yeah. It's almost... You're only about an hour out from Whistler. There's a wonderful Tim Hortons there. <laughs> it's like the closest real city to... Because Whistler is like a made-up city. It's all like touristy shit, and the people that actually live in Whistler... They don't live well. The workers there, it's just uh, there's not enough housing. So a lot of people will actually live in Squamish and then drive up. So, Yeah, there's a Canadian tire there. There you go. If you're Canadian, you know it's like like a Canadian Walmart. Canadian E? Oh, that's right. Canadian tire. Canadian tire. I saw one in Winnipeg last year, and I was like, Canadian tire. I was like, and they're like, no, no, it's just not tires. Other it's, stuff too, and more, and that was while we were going to the entire hockey place. It was called something pro hockey. I was like, "Wow, this is a, a big." It was like, it was like a Dick Sporting Goods, but it was all hockey. I was Dude, like, "They had one right by you when you were wow. living in Wayne in Fairfield." There's a pure hockey. It's like a giant superstore of all just hockey stuff. Nice, yes. nice. It was very cool. Yes. So yeah, so, so this is. So what exactly happened? So did someone cut this cable? 
Yeah, they have no I guess they're still investigating. So they're taking the horse, they're rounding up the horses, they're gonna get a posse and they're gonna go find out <laughs> who the fuck cut this thing. They're gonna look for the cable cutters out of somebody's barn and uh I'm sure they'll they'll figure out, eh? I but hope so. This is a little disturbing, eh? This is it's really kind of messed up. Four thirty AM um, with the Kardashians around? I just wanna know. Like I don't even know why you would do this. Like I, I know. get that people are dicks, but well, they said it just had um, they just had some work done on it. Mm-hmm. So I think, without saying what they're doing, I think maybe somebody was owed some money or somebody had some gripes about some shit, and they're thinking, I don't know. If I'm a detective, I'm looking at who the fuck worked on this, what went on, and how do you have the right equipment and know how to cut a cable and not get lashed by the cable and get severed in half too so there's there's got to be some skill in doing this because that's not an easy thing to do i mean the amount of tension and the size of that cable is going to whip around and could probably decapitate you oh, yeah. so that's a pretty big deal so somebody must have been really pissed off i don't think it was like a little hey man here's a joke we're gonna run over there and cut this thing yeah somebody's probably pretty pissed off it sure seems that way csi vancouver we'll have it Stay tuned. <laughs> Wednesday at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and he said about 200 people, including full-time and seasonal workers, are affected by the closure. Yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah, it really does suck. It sucks, eh? Yeah. People. People being people. It's people. All right. Next up, this is a pretty cool story, or interesting story at least. Work has already begun on new billion-dollar ski resort in Utah. Damn. How much does that cost again? One, one billion. billion. <laughs> At least that's before the stock yeah. market collapsed today. We'll see if it <laughs> keeps uh, operating. Yeah, one billion. Well, that's it's even cheaper to do it then, right? Yeah, right. And if you do it in Canadian dollars, it's even cheaper. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's in Utah, so I don't think they take Canadian Damn dollars it. there. Maybe they do. You got to check. So the Extel Development Company has already started building the roads that will lead to the Mayflower Mountain Resort and Village west of U.S. Highway 40 above the Mayflower exit near Jordanelle Reservoir. This uh, was announced two years ago when they purchased 2,300 acres of land next to Deer Valley Resort for master plan development of ski resort and base area village. So they're starting the infrastructure, putting in the roads, clearing the ground. Um, and they've cleared the ski routes to s- some extent. So the master plan includes three village hotels, one of which will include a convention center, and another will be a five, count them, five-star hotel. Ooh. Convention center slated to be built first will include 100 subsidized rooms with discount rates for active duty and retired military personnel and their families. That's kind of cool. That's really nice. Groundbreaking for that part of the project is scheduled to begin next spring with the convention center and ski lifts potentially being ready as early as the 2021 ski season. Everything for the resort will be brand new and state of the art. Hmm. Exact terrain hasn't quite been worked out yet, but is expected to be around two thirds of the terrain at Deer Valley with several lifts that rise above a thousand feet. Damn. Um, they're not sure if it's going to be for boarders and skiers, probably. Oh, but they wow, say because because Deer Valley is skiers only, they're not sure if they're going to. I'd be I'd be 
amazed if they made it just skiers only. That'd be kind of. I just wonder. So they're going to put this big ass resort like right in the middle of like the the wheelhouse right there. Um, I wonder if it's going to spur like Alta and Snowbird to actually get more amenities there because there's nothing. God, nothing I hope not. I'm wearing my Snowbird shirt right now. <laughs> Dude, Snowbird is perfect the way it is. Bring Alta, fucking Monopoly to play because there's nothing to do, man. Alta is perfect it. the way it is. You take a couple edibles, you look at those porcupines, you go to sleep, you get up and go skiing. Dude, that That's was awesome. The porcupine thing. We were freaking... That, I have the video and I actually deleted a few of the videos because I was just like, <laughs> we just look so stupid. And there was just like, just googling over those freaking porcupines yeah because i don't think we've seen a por- I, I never saw a porcupine except for a zoo i was like this is a wild porcupine just hanging out well, it was like an extra fucked up looking porcupine too <laughs> it was like a it was like a feral porcupine you know like it had gone out into the wild and like it's seen some shit it came back and wanted to tell you a tale well the best part is like we were three days in on our trip or four days in right and uh we weren't ready to like challenge each other and say, Hey dude, Hey bro, I'll, I'll give you like 10 bucks. If you go out there and fuck with the porcupine, <laughs> cause that would have been bad. Yeah. Luckily, uh, that, that, that could have been really bad. Luckily that crew wasn't there for that trip. <laughs> oh my God. They should have been, been park city a few days later. That could have been hospital action. That would have been really fucked up. Uh, dude, I'll give you a hundred bucks to keister that porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you in the hospital for two days? Well, you know, they had to remove the porcupine, uh, you know, the quills, barb quills in there. Yeah. Mm. The barbing of the quill just makes it so uncomfortable to think about. You just, just pulling it back out when the, it's, you know, when you're, it's like if you drive over one of those, um, like parking lot spikes going the wrong yeah. direction, that's kind of what you're doing with your keister when you're pulling those spikes out. Oh man! Just getting caught up. Your tool bag getting caught on there, making a mess. Damn! Sitting there. Oh man, he had three seconds on that ride. This yeah. isn't full riding. We're not. We're not riding the porcupine. Let's put it that way. That's right. Nasty. All right, going along with the same lines. We got work set to begin in Castle Rock, Colorado, um, on Round Ski Hill, thirty minutes from Denver. So Boom. this this is going to be a year-round ski hill. With new bike trails, they're gonna have a ski area. Uh, Thirty minutes from Denver, they say they're gonna alleviate some of the traffic on I twenty five. So it's gonna be a big project. They're doing a lot of stuff, so they're just starting it now. Don't expect to be done right away. Um, but that's kind of cool that they're they're doing more development. I guess. So this is Castle Rock, not Casterly Rock. I'm sorry, Casterly Rock. Very different. <laughs> are there gonna be dragons flying in because that would be fucked up i saw i saw what happened i don't want to be around when the dragons Spoiler alert yeah things went down <laughs> Spoiler. oh if you haven't seen it now i don't care if i spoil it for you the dragons yeah. kill everyone <laughs> <laughs> that bitch kills everyone she goes crazy yep cray cray yeah so this is actually so south east of denver so most of the skiing is obviously west of denver so this is like a different area. Nice. Which is pretty interesting. You know, so they're like, man, I used to have my drum circle around there. This fucks everything up. I don't know. Yeah. But it, this Denver is cool. seems like a sprawl, man. I just, I don't know, man. It, 
It's Denver's. Yeah, I mean, it's how definitely, much pollution do they have? Do they have it, smog? They really have bad smog, don't no, they? No, they don't. It's it's beautiful there. There's certain you know the certain directions where it does sprawl, but when you go in other directions, like you go north towards Boulder, there's just like just nothingness between Denver and Boulder. Really? Yeah. There's uh, it's that we did that drive a few months ago. Yeah. There's you know there's there's stuff. There's a couple of. I think like uh, Vale's headquarters is out there somewhere on the way up, nice. but there there really isn't that much there. I mean, again, certain parts of of Denver are very sprawly. I I forget the number is of people moving there per month, but it's it's pretty they said nutty. A thousand per per year per month. What did they say in that article? Um. Well, it says the county is growing. Um, a thousand per year. And the county only has sixty thousand. Damn. But I think Denver's getting like, isn't it like ten thousand a month moving out there? Yeah, but here's the thing: like, people don't realize, like, yeah, it's great and it's it's cool now, but like, we've seen it on the east coast, we've seen it down south, like on the east coast especially, with people moving up and down the east coast. You got to build new schools. Then when people leave, you got to close schools. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's a big problem. I mean, yeah, it's tough to gauge the population, how much it's going to be, and then you have funding. And it's tough to tough to gauge. I mean, think about it. you're talking about people are everybody's running for politics on we're going to cut taxes. Well, how are you going to taxes when you have all these people move in? You need all this infrastructure. It's got to come from somewhere. You know, the key is move to Idaho and homeschool your kids. Boom. That's it. That's Brian's. Boom. That's Brian's delusional two tequila plan. Down or pass it. That's it. Down or Don, pass it. Down or pass it. Exactly. <laughs> You kill what you eat, eat what you kill. All right. All right. And speaking of people who can eat whatever the hell they want, there's been a couple of new deals. Not deals. The, a couple of deals coming in here. So Michaela Schifrin, who is probably the most badass skier in the world right now, she is joining Adidas, Adidas to you, Adidas. Common, you American folks here. Adidas. Which, Adi Dossler, yes. His brother Puma, right? His brother was Rudy Dossler, yes. And yeah. the brothers had a sportswear company together until a certain world war in Germany decided Oof. to separate them. And Two sides one, of one war? Damn, that was like a civil war, huh? One guy sided with mustache, and the other guy sided against mustache. And then they had different... Uh, so they had Adi Doss, Adi Dossler, and then they had Rudy Doss, he wanted to create a product called Ruda and talk to some people and said, that's a stupid ass name. Never call your company that. So he's like, okay, what should I call it? And they came up with Puma. Puma so, there's a lot of Pumas in Germany. They're all over the place. It's a Puma central capital. Of, like you walking down the pretty street, much. you see goddamn Puma. People walking Pumas on leashes. <laughs> you know, it's pretty badass. It is. Yeah, so Michaela's joining Adidas, and nice. they did, Adidas did make the comment they are, have no current plans to enter the ski market, which... Hmm. So I guess it's just an apparel deal where yeah, sweat stuff and maybe sneakers while you're working out and stuff. Yeah, pretty much supporting her in the gym as well as during her conditioning activities that include trail running, hiking, and yoga. Um, she did a great little video on Instagram. Um yeah, she said that, her. you know, she said, you know, Adidas is a company that aligns with my values and beliefs so perfectly. And I'm really looking forward to kicking off this partnership. 
off the mountain. I basically live in shorts and leggings, so it's really important for me to value with a glow to partner with a global company that sees the value in combining performance, style, and comfort as a strong mission and vision. Adidas believes that through sport, we have the power to change lives, and they practice what they preach both in sport and in life with initiatives like their movement against marine plastic pollution and their movement to give more people better accessibility to being outdoors. Nice. So there you go. So, Adidas, you well, may... We sent her a, an email, a DM, asking her if she wants to be on the podcast because we respect her, uh, and we both think... I think we said before, she's probably one of the most underrated sports heroes of our country. Well, I think we talked about in the past, too, how it's amazing that every single possible sponsor isn't just falling over themselves to get her in their roster. Be. When you look at, you know, what you would want as a brand to have represented someone who is classy, who is sticks to their guns, who is an incredible performer under pressure, who has uh, a great personality. Like, like Michaela checks all those boxes. I mean, she's oh, everything yeah. any company could want in a spokesperson. Yeah. Hey, she's great looking. She has great attitude, great performer, everything. You see her all over Europe. And I tell you what, when I was in Europe last year, they had an event going on, and Michaela was, was there just dominating. And here I am in the middle of all these other people in Switzerland watching World Cup racing, just like we watch football in this country. And I tell you what, it was it was magic. I was so proud to be an American because I was like, holy shit, she is dominating. And they were just like, everybody was like shaking their head like, she can't be beat. She's freaking amazing. And you see her on billboards, everything in Europe. But you come here you well, barely they, even know who she is we talked about it too like they're getting pissed off at her because they say she's ruining the sport because she's just so dominant she's dominant like, and oh fuck yourself but people in, in this country like it, there's a small fraction seemingly that that realize how great she is all the other athletes give her props but it's weird because you know we we are a culture that's that's you know we're we're looking at Football, basketball, baseball, MLB, you know, the, the big marketed thing. Esports, poker, yeah. dark. Esports. So think about it. Esports was more watched than, than her World Cup challenge this year. And it's ridiculous, you know? Well, I will tell you where. Underrated. Will... Totally underrated. Totally. And you know, but you know, there's going to be a lot of hardcores watching her at Killington this Thanksgiving weekend again. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. going to be there and hopefully she can win both events this year um for it seems like for whatever reason she gets like snake bitten on that um all right jesus is it the giant slalom she wins the one and she loses the other she wins the, uh, the slalom i think it's the giant slalom that she uh always gets like fourth in. yeah so maybe this is her year hopefully but, you know with all the uh the me too movement and and people saying you know women can do stuff too she's freaking she should be the role model for every little girl out there. She's even every athlete, I think. Every athlete, she every trains, person. Keeps yeah. herself, she keeps out of like the bad media. She's like, she's cool. I saw that whole thing on uh, Red Bull. They did a Michaela Schifrin thing. Um, it was a little movie last year. I think I just saw it beginning of this season. But um, yeah, it was really cool. They did a whole, it, well, it was sort of in depth on her. I mean, the amount she trains and like she doesn't have a personal life, she really dedicates herself to the sport. That's 
it's amazing. I think every every future aspiring athlete should like take a page from that and realize like it is not baseball, basketball, or football where everybody is showering you with praise all throughout your lifetime because you're so good. She's doing it in spite of that, you know, going internationally where they're saying, wow, she's great. But yet in her own country, yes, she's surrounded by people that, that know she's great and, and are, and are impressed, but like, you know, in mass the you know, they're focused on other sports, which is, which is just weird. Yeah. She's a phenom. Yeah. She's a phenom, like once in a lifetime phenom. Yep. She's fantastic. So it's going to be great for Adidas and it's going to be great for, uh, for her. And, so, and it'll be great for the show when she gets on. So call us <laughs> up for sure. DM. Yeah. We're waiting. Phone lines are open. So another story in terms of sponsorships, Pep Fuyas. I'm totally screwing that name up. Am I saying that right? Pep Fuyas? Pepe. Pepe. Fuyas. <laughs> I hope I'm not screwing that up. I'm sorry if I am. It's probably totally messed up. It's so Pepe. Fuyas. Fuyas. So he announced that he's leaving K2 skis. The announcement comes as a bit of a shock considering he has spent the top. He's been the top of the brand's athlete roster for 17 years. He's 35. Wow. For 17 years. It's been at the forefront of designing a number of K2's iconic skis, including the Public Enemy, Fuyative, Hellbent, and most recently, the brand's new Mindbender line for 2019-2020. And he mentioned that you know K2's been a loyal partner to me, so it has been a real challenge to say farewell to a company that has been like family and whose employees and athletes have become long-term friends. The goodbye is certainly bittersweet, but I am forever grateful for the wonderful relationship that I have developed over the years. Ooh. So it looks like he's choosing to leave the brand and doing so on better terms um, compared to the prior shakeups at K2. Because I know we talked about it, I think it was maybe two years ago, how you know K2 yeah. was like selling off a lot of their stuff and uh, kind of they were looking at everybody was thinking they were going to liquidate, right? Because they got bought by somebody else. Yeah. That's, that's what it was looking like for a while. But, yeah, we'll see what happens to them. And, you know, people are, like, just wanting to know, like, where is he going to go now? Like, who is he going to start skiing with? So now it's just a matter of watching. Ski podcast. We don't make skis. Enterprises. We don't make skis. Not yet. Yes. Not yet. Yeah, we need a guy. We need We're going to be like BSF. We don't make skis. We make skis better. Oh. We talk yeah. about them. That's what we do. Yes. We try them out. <laughs> See how good they are. Talk about how dope they are. Honest opinions. That's it. All right. Next up. Uh, so these are, this is, this is coming out. Um, so I watched a bunch of stuff last week. There was the trailer that we had from TGR, right? <clears throat> and there's another trailer that came out. I haven't seen the Warren Miller trailer yet. Has it? That hasn't come out yet, has it? No, it just announced their uh, the calendar. I think MSP just came up with theirs today. Nice. Yeah. So I was actually sitting here just kind of hanging out. I was like, let me watch some freaking ski trailers. So I watched it, and then I started thinking about where I'm going to go. But Volkswagen has their tour calendar out there for Warren Miller's Timeless, and uh, it looks pretty good. There's nothing in my backyard, so I may have to travel for this. 
Yeah. I, uh, you know, we've gone to the one in Morristown, New Jersey, the last couple of years. And I'm probably going to. That's home for me. We got to do that one again. What's what I love about it is that it's the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Mm, So you go out Tuesday and then that Wednesday is such like a, as long as you're not traveling too far, it's like a total blow off day. Why bother going to work on Wednesday? Really? Um, Because I work for a company that treats you like a fourth grader. So that's (laughs) why for now, at least for now, for now, for now. Right. But yeah, so that's, I love the timing of that one. And dude, Saturday, I'm going to find out that I hit the Powerball. I mean, the Mega Millions. So, oh, we're not, we're doing whatever we want. We might go to the one in Colorado. We'll see. Let's go to all of them, right? Yeah, I just want to see one or two. That's all you good. need. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be it pretty depends. Good. If friends of ours are going to be at them, we might, we might, you know, go out. That's true. You know, if people will sponsor us and, uh, and have us, we're yeah. happy to go. I just want to chill out. Yeah. Set up a booth and not be there. Have somebody man it, you know? <laughs> we'll get like, <laughs> we'll get like stunt versions of ourselves. I don't know. Let's get some marketing company, like have some hot girls and some really buff dudes that are out there and just like whatever, sign autographs for Mario and Brian. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> we can make that happen. All right. So we got one more story here in Ski News. And this was from the good folks at Unofficial Net. They posted an article, the best large cities in the U.S. for skiers. Boom. Yes, indeed. Now, they, they're talking large cities. So, we're talking the big ones here. Big ones. Um, number one. Now, actually, I don't know if they actually rated these with, in terms of, like, you know, sequential. I think it's just kind of put the list in there all together. Oh, no. They have a sequence to it. I don't know. They don't, doesn't actually say. Um, criteria wise, so they're saying so. The first one is Salt Lake City, of course. Um, skiers Paradise, Wasatch Mountains, right outside of Salt Lake City. So they they list the population, it's a little over one million. Ski resorts within four hours, 14. Closest ski resort, Snowbird, 25 miles, 30 minutes. I'm where go to the bird. Yep, next up, Nevada. Now, I fucking love Reno. Reno, Nevada. I didn't even say Reno. I said just Nevada. I, I'm looking at it too. I fucking love it. I remember it. I remember the Switch. That stupid uh, Blackjack, Blackjack we Switch playing. game. What a stupid. Dude, we played that thing for like three hours. It was great. Yeah, that was a ridiculous game. It was a lot of fun. You know what? I uh, biggest no. small city. I love that little biggest little city in the world, right? Yeah, biggest little city in the world. And I'm surprised it made the cut for cities, but. Four hundred twenty-five thousand. That's a, that's a pretty decent size uh, little village there. But close proximity to Reds and the Bunny Ranch. That as well. Yes. Saying Carson City have a little shootout in downtown <laughs> Carson City. Be like an old West thing. So they have thirteen ski resorts within four hours, that's and the closest one good. being Mount Rose, twenty-five yeah. miles, thirty minutes. Uh, next up, Denver. Obviously, pretty easy to pick that one out. Um, population almost three million now. Wow, it's going to be a pretty giant city. It's going to be a bustling metropolis very soon. It already is. Yeah, ski resort within four hours. Nineteen closest one, Loveland, fifty-six point five miles until that new one opens up. Boom. Uh, next up, Anchorage. So Anchorage made big cities. That's kind of surprising too. 
it's really wild, right? Almost 300,000 people they're at. Um, huh. But Alyeska is just down the road, and they get 650 inches of snow per season. Damn. So there is a that ski club I was talking about. They're doing a trip to watch the Iditarod. Whoa. And they're staying near Alyeska. So I'm like, you get to see the Iditarod and freaking go ski Alyeska. So I'm like, that's two things off your bucket list, maybe. That's pretty Depends. awesome. Yeah. Next up, Seattle. Shout out to our boy Nick. Nick A. The ski resorts of the Pacific Northwest often receive the most snowfall in the entire U.S. <laughs> During Dude, and I heard on Tuesdays you get to rub uh, Jeff Bezos' head when he walks down the street. You get to rub the bald head. So if he's confirming or anybody else is listening, shout out to Jeff. Say up, you love J- him and rub his head. What's up, JB? <laughs> and there is a there is a two buildings known as Jeff's Balls in Seattle. Balls. That's right. Yes. Rub the head, rub the balls. So, so in 9899, Mount Baker, which is just a few hours north of Seattle, received 1,140 inches of snow. Damn. Wait, what's the crazy one that Nick said is open at night, Alpental? Open at night when it snows, it's like skiing in the dark and you oh. blizzard condition. It's just like everything is silent and you're just going. It might be Alpental, yeah. So uh, Seattle's got almost 4 million people now, and there are 12 ski resorts within four hours. Whistler, I think, falls just outside of that four-hour window. I got to say, Seattle and Denver, expensive as fuck, right? Eh, Seattle probably worse than Denver. Yeah, but they're both like going up. Yeah. I think Salt Lake, you might have a chance. Reno, outskirts maybe, you know? Um yeah, dude. I, yeah, we've talked about this before. Yeah, dude. Probably room up with somebody, but yeah. those two places are pretty baller. Yeah. Next, Portland, Oregon. You got about two and a half million people there. Good wine. Uh, Mount Gotta Hood, see. just over an hour away, um, and you got Timberline Lodge, which is of course open now, almost year-round skiing. Uh, they have within four hours eleven ski resorts. Mm. Next up, Sacramento. Um, about 2 million people there. I'm surprised the population is that high, but what do I know? And closest resort is Sugar Bowl, about an hour and a half away, and ski resorts within four hours, 13. Isn't that crazy? And they have like, it's sunny and they have palm trees that grow there. Yeah, right? That's pretty fucking baller as hell. Why do you think so many people moved to California? Like, why that whole like gold rush and like everyone just went west? Why do you think there's songs like California Dreaming? There's a reason why. Dude, it's I tell you, I've only been to California on a limited like, time, but everybody I talk to from California is like, you know, I miss it. It's expensive as hell. And then you go there and you're like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. And then they have an earthquake. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking be anywhere near that place. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how many goddamn avocados and almonds you have. I don't want to deal with earthquakes. Dude, it's expensive as hell. Like, even come from like New York, New Jersey area. Like, what we think on the East Coast is so expensive. I tell you what, California trumps it. It's crazy. Certain parts definitely do. Yeah, it, Donald trumps it, not just trumps it. Donald trumps it. <laughs> Next up, Boston Mass, dude. The Mass, dude. Ski resorts of New England might not boast the deepest snowpacks or the highest peaks, but with more than sixty. Yes, six zero ski resorts located within driving distance of Boston. 
How could Beantown not make the list? Dude, I love uh, Beantown except for when it fucking snows. Let's put it that way. You don't want to yeah. be anywhere near that goddamn town. You know, being like Popu- population is almost five million there. Yeah. Wow. Ski resorts <laughs> within four hours, greater than sixty. Closest one, Blue Hills ski area, about twenty-four minutes outside of town. And last, but certainly, and we're gonna be least, there this year uh, in November, and we're gonna we're gonna pal up, try to pal up with our buddy Matt Pepin. We're going back to the snow show. Going to the snow show. We had we're so gonna, much fun last year. We're going again. So I reached out to the snow show. I got to reach out to Matt and uh, get him back on. Send a letter. He said, dear snow show. Dear snow show. I miss thee. (laughs) Last on the list, certainly not least, San Francisco, California. Mario was speaking of expensive places. This is top of the list here. Uh, Tahoe is only three and a half hours away from the tech capital of the planet. And Tahoe is about 13 different ski areas. Uh, so you can make a fortune there and have a lakefront cabin, like like a uh, good old Zuckerberg nice. over there. Dude, I fucking love Tahoe. Oh, it's a magical place. I'm thinking about this year. That's another option. Tahoe. Yeah, we gotta reach out to Frank, our boyfriend. I, I could. I'd have to take off the month of January. I think I could do Tahoe, Breckenridge, and <laughs> Italy. I like it. Be like, fuck it. Why take vacation? Just take leave of absence. How about that? <laughs> there you go. And that wraps up the ski news for the week. So you're oh. talking about skiing. We're talking about skiing. We're always thinking about skiing, obviously. And one of the things that I've been thinking more about and trying to figure out a plan is my little dude is turning two this month. And... Wow. I'm trying to f- figure out when do I get him on skis. So we and what do you decided... get him on ski or snowboard? So these these are two questions, right? I'm putting him on some big fat powder skis. <laughs> First run, it's like a, it's like a snowboard kind of. So um, so I got the 12 year old living with me, Bodie, right, and Melanie. We're talking about maybe this year going to Breckenridge because they're running a trip out of Tampa here for, for spring break. And he's 12. He's a skater. He was, I asked Melanie, I was like, what, when was he on skates? She's like, he was on at two, two years old on wow. skates. I was like, that's cool. They have like the little Walker looking thing that you kind of you run around. Mm-hmm. And she said, that thing is great. Like, he just zipped around, was on skates, loved it. Um, never skied. So we're like, all right, we'll take a ski. And a bunch of his buddies, they're big skaters. They ski. He's like, I want to snowboard. I'm like, so I looked up something and they actually, one of the things I looked up was saying, regard the, the general rule, regardless of age, is that uh, when you talk about skiing and boarding, skiing is easier to learn, but harder to master, whereas snowboarding is harder to learn, but easy to master. Right. So it depends on the affinity of the little dude too, you know, but your little boy is going to be what two, two and a half by two, two in a couple weeks. So two in a couple weeks. So It'll be two and change this ski season. Damn. And nice. it's so we came up, Mario. You actually found a bunch of these different articles, and you know, there's there's a variety of opinions about how old a kid should be, and it's well, funny. I always wonder, like, is it dangerous if you go too early, right? Like, is there uh, any harm, like? Because I don't know, kids are soft. 
you know, it's great that they can bounce back. You know, kid falls down some stairs. You're like, oh, sorry, kid, dust them off. They're fine the next day. Maybe, yeah. Maybe no, it's it's really. I think it really depends on the kid. You know, they're all so different, and you know, we're pretty lucky that Benjamin. He's kind of a a little tank, and I mean, yeah. he's he's big for his age. He likes I mean, the contact. He likes the running. He likes the speed. Dude, he likes the rambunctiousness. Right. He like he's actually like fast. Like he'll he just loves. He doesn't walk. He just runs. And when we're outside and like running up and down the street, like. It used to be like you can just kind of walk and he's running and you kind of keep up with him. Like I actually have to like jog to keep up with him now. Like he really nice. motors. Like he's a fast. And if Michaela Schiffrin were on the show like we wanted, she would tell you, you should support that Brian and you should get him on a pair of skis right away. 100%. Oh. And so this article, this is from The Snow School and I think they're out of the UK. Yes, they are. Okay. So they want to, they don't want to Brexit their kids. So they're like four or five. That's what they're saying. Like hello, governor. Let's get Brexky. Brex. They're Brexking their kids at five. They but said you got to talk else... about this article on the British accent. <laughs> <laughs> hello. <laughs> well, the one thing I bought, um, they they keep saying like holding off a year or two, and I forget if it was this article or another one, and it says like, oh, so if you can actually like give your child instructions and they listen to you. That may be the time they're ready for, you know, to be able to go skiing. And I was telling this to Andrea, and she's like, oh, yeah, then he's definitely not ready because he doesn't really listen. <laughs> he looks, he says, yeah, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. And it does exactly what he but wants. But she's around him too much. You got to get a, an unbiased opinion. Exactly. Yeah. So this article says, you know, hold off till like four or five. I'm like, yeah, four or five. Then you already have another kid who's already got two years of experience that you're going to be going up against. Boom. So I actually went to Mount Snow Ski School. Did you see that? The article? So Mount Snow Ski School, they actually started three with like a general thing, and then they do the lessons at four. So you can can drop them off, and they'll hang out with your kid for like at three, as long as they're pot trained, I guess. I think that's the big thing is the potty training, yeah. Because yeah. they don't want to be uh, changing diapers or any of that. <laughs> Think about it. I'm teaching skin. I don't want to change poop. <laughs> you but then teach me. Do, that could be a niche. We could be the high and ski bums changing poop. <laughs> and teaching kids how to ski at two years old. It's like, you teach me to ski. You <laughs> change my diaper. Change my diaper. Dude, build an Olympians at age two. That's right. You know how many Olympians? We, I remember starting with Mario Brown. Those motherfuckers. We're talking. They were drunk, but they were talking about stuff. They changed my diaper and taught me how to ski in one day. One goddamn <laughs> day. You're going to learn today, boy. You're going to learn today. Perhaps. God damn. I remember that one time we were skiing. Mario got in a fight with the ski lift operator. <laughs> Brian's rolling down a hill. It's crazy. Crazy. You know the stories we could have? I, uh, I doubt many would be positive, and I'm sure our little... <laughs> But they'd all be funny. We'd get closed yeah. down pretty quickly. You got to put them to the Benny Hill music, and they would be all yeah. funny. Well, this uh, this, <laughs> this ski dot com article, uh, ski mag dot com, has a an interesting kind of point too. They say, you know, how do you get your kids ready? And they're like, you know, make sure that they actually like enjoy playing in the snow. That's like yeah. a that's like a big first step. And you know, some places offer a, a ski. You, you drive slash. them up from Florida. Boom, right in the snow. There you go. 
Yeah. Uh, it says a lot of the resorts offer a ski slash play program for three and four year olds that incorporates snow play with the opportunity to put on skis and boots and slide on short sections of snow under the guidance of professional instructors. And then, you know, one of the big things they say too is when you're preparing your child for the first day of snow is to make sure you dress them um, in, you know, warm enough gear. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like, you know, I don't know if, if they're even old enough to tell you what's wrong at that age, yeah. but like, they you know, they, they could have, like, you know, when you've had, I know I've had it where you've had that little bit of space between your goggles and your helmet and the wind just like mm. jabs in there and you get like a headache from it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know how a kid could even communicate that at such a young age. So, yeah. you know, there's little things like that that you need to worry about. But, you know, just being kind of, that seems like a nice first step is to get him out there just playing in the snow and rolling around in it and just getting them comfortable with it. And, you know, if they start, if they like that, then, you know, it's a, it's a good indicator that they'll enjoy getting on some skis and actually starting to go down. Yeah, but it, it's a very big deal because when you talk about migrating a kid from like doing whatever the fuck they want to starting to listen to somebody that's telling them how to do something, it's a big jump because now they actually have to follow directions and like, you know, so I guess you got to judge your temperament of your child or, or, or mitigate your temperament of your child by like trying to get them to that point. You know what I mean? Like whether it's doing stuff, like think about it this way, like, if you're not even in the snow, let's go for a walk. Follow me, do what I say kind of thing. And then they get out skiing. Now that's a transferable skill where you don't think of it as a skill, but for a child, that's a transferable skill to listening to an instructor or somebody that's trying to guide them along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How many, you know how many people can't fucking listen in this world? And there's adults <laughs> like that. A lot of people. Staring at their phones, not caring. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah, and you know, one of the things it talks about too is you know how much time and money do you want to dedicate when they're that little too? You know, because you still have to buy a, a lift ticket. I mean, if you have a season pass somewhere, that's fine. That that makes it a lot more tolerable. But you know, if you only have a limited number of days on the mountain, but you also want to get out there and get your kids out there, you have to realize that you're gonna have to you know, kind of sacrifice some time that you would be skiing to spend time teaching them or put them, you know, spend the money and put them in a lesson. Yeah. So there are some well, financial considerations, financial and time considerations you have to think about too. Well, I remember when we were at Mount Snow, we used to joke around about it, but it, it actually is a great idea. We would see the parents drop off the kids in the morning and the father or the mother would be in like, almost like pajamas, like, they were just like dropping off the kid and they would jump in the car and you know, they're going back to the hotel to like have time with their significant or just sleep or whatever they were going to do. We've also seen like, some parents just go to the bar too. <laughs> exactly. At the lodge. But they're dropping off the kid for like a whole day lesson or a whole day camp. And I'm like, the kid has a great time. Like, I guess that's one of the things you got to get over. Like, are they, are you going to be afraid all day if they're not having a good time or, Chances are they're gonna they're gonna find a ski buddy and they're like, no, I'm skiing with so and so. Like, I want to ski with that person the next day. You know, yeah. and that's great. You know, yeah. And if you do have like a, a sibling or a friend, they can do it with. That helps a lot too because that alleviates some anxiety and makes them feel a little more comfortable. And 
Yeah. Because we knew somebody, there's somebody in the ski club that she grew up there because her parents would go up there and then she was an instructor and she said the kids whose parents would go up there all the time, the parents didn't even have to ski, but the kids just wanted to be out with the other kids, which is great, you know? Yeah. You're creating an environment for them to just run around and ski and... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this other article says that 18 months is when they can start. This is from uh, wow. liveabout.com. Are they from it's, Norway? It's got to be. It sounds like a Norwegian kind of attitude towards things. It says a child as young as 18 months is old enough to bumble around on flat terrain in ski boots and or skis. As long as your child is stable enough on his legs, he should be able to handle playing in the snow. And that's the approach most ski schools take to introduce children to the sport. But it's generally agreed that a child should be at least three years old before taking on the full ski experience. That is, independently turning on a flat to mildly sloping terrain and using a magic carpet or chairlift. Wow. And if you get their shirt and pants from a Hoofenflug, that helps too, right? Hoofenflug. That's the IKEA version of the drawers, right? Oh, right. (laughs) Something IKEA branded. Yeah, why doesn't Ikea have like some uh, beginner ski equipment for kids? Uh, dude, can, can you imagine dropping off your kid in Ikea? But like, I'll be back after you get ski lessons. Yeah, why doesn't uh, that, uh, what's the American dream in Jersey? Yeah. Why isn't country. there an Ikea there? Dude, there's enough fat people in Jersey to like get them on like the cross country skiing just around the whole place. How about that? That's How about not, not a, a, a downhill ski? How about they start with like cross country? Yeah. How about they peel an orange without breaking a sweat? Would that <laughs> would that help? Yeah, this is one consideration too. I didn't even think about, and it's uh, will my child be comfortable in the care of ski instructors? Oh yeah, being taken strange away from mom danger, and dad, man. yeah, and handed over to a group of strange instructors can be a scary experience. Most ski schools advise parents to never force a child to attend a ski program because tantrums and tears certainly don't make for a fun time for a child. Parents other children, or instructors. In fact, some ski schools will not allow a child to participate in a program until he has calmed down. Oh, You got to let the kids watch the South Park with the pizza french fry or you'll, or you'll have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. That's like perfect instruction right there. Or you'll have a bad time. Pretty much. Classic meme. Very Classic. important. Classic meme. Yeah. So what are you going to do, Brian? What's, what's your attitude on this right now? Well, this has given me a lot more to think about. It's given me pause. Does so it? I was just going to be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to take him out skiing. No problem. But mm. then again, you know, again, I don't have. It's the least... temperament and stuff, right? You got to. It's not just the physical ability to do it. Yeah. It's that. Plus, it's all the other stuff involved. The physical ability, I'm not worried about at all. Like, like I say, he's a little tank. He's a little athlete. He's always running around. That should be fine. It's the. Paying attention, being with instructor. Like if, if we go with him, he should be okay. So you know, yeah. maybe I'll try just going somewhere local. You That'd know, like cool. Dude, Camp Gaw. Dude, Camp Gaw. Camp Gaw. Just it's get him out small. there. It's small. They limit the number. And if it sucks, you just take him in and do the, the tubing for the day. <laughs> yeah. I uh, it's really good. So Steve took his daughter and she did lessons at Camp Gaw. His daughter's a rock star. She she skis everything now. She's great. Yeah. Um but they have a whole program there where you get him in and he got her in at like, I think it was elementary school and then into middle and then, and 
she's she's great now. Like he took her out to Colorado like two years ago and stuff. So yeah, I think I think I'm 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 gonna give it a shot. Maybe not in like uh, November December. Maybe come like like February ish. You take him to Shawnee. Shawnee's well, great. Yeah, any one of those little local. Shawnee's you know, little. It's not too crowded. Camelback gets too crowded. Like Definitely mid, don't like take him anywhere near Mountain Creek. <laughs> don't take him to the creek. Yeah, right. Or be dead in a creek. It's horrible, dude. Just don't. It's too crowded. Um, you know, Camp Go. Camp Go is nice. I think for him that'd be perfect. So, it's and I, too, I think there's actually a couple in Connecticut near the in-laws. Oh that, yeah, you said there's a little one near um your mother-in-law, right? There's supposed to be, yeah. So there's a couple around there. So got yeah, a lot little, of options. Mountain that like if it sucks, you just go home, you know. Yeah, and if again, if it's like a day trip, you don't really care. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. So that's kind of what my plan is. Um, cool. And yeah, if you guys have any advice or tips or how you went about getting your little people on the mountain, so wait, Brian, when did sport, you learn how to ski? I don't even want to talk about that. I was way older. I think the first time I went was like, I was like 11, I think. Like Dude, 10, I, 11. I started skiing at 18, bro. Look at you. Eight fucking team. The natural athlete, though. Teach old dog new tricks. You just got to be willing to do it, man. It's true. Positive attitude is the number one thing. That's right. PMA, positive mental attitude. Booyah. So yeah, if you have any ideas, tips, or uh, advice for how you got your little people out there, hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. Under the ropes. I'm going to carry it off with a, with a broke-ass player arrested for a long string of airport scams spanning 13 states. So the reason I want to bring this up is, is kind of a public awareness. So... There is a professional poker player got arrested, and he was arrested in Detroit. I gotta say, if I'm in Detroit, I'm thinking there's some shady shit going on if somebody's asking me for money. But what he used to do for the last 15 years, um, he would connect from a hub from Seattle, and he would actually go up to people with a really sad story in an attempt to get money. And promise to pay it back. So he's in an airport after security, and he would try. To, he would scan these people, saying, "I'm going to pay you back. We need to borrow some money." Blah blah blah. And I guess people are a little bit less, a little bit more trusting, right? Thinking that, all right, this guy's already in the airport. Security went through. Blah blah blah. And what I like about this, so it was originally on New York, uh, New York Post uh, posted this. And then Barstow took it, and they were like, look at the picture of this guy. Would you ever fucking give this guy any money? Would you even talk to him? Like, here's a general rule. Put your earbuds in, walk the fuck to your plane, <laughs> and don't talk to anybody. Why would you actually talk to this creepy-ass-looking guy? So, 100%. Yeah, he looks like a fucking serial killer. He just does not. He looks creepy. But... um. What's crazy about it is he did all his scamming in the airport. So you wonder, like, now we go into, like, a little legal thing, right? And so it's not like he did it in the jurisdiction of, like, a town. He did it in the airport, which is actually a federal regulated area. So he could face federal charges now, which is great. Hope he gets thrown in jail. So 
It's yeah, the guy, up. like, he just, he, uh, like, he looks like every creepy guy you know from work. Oh, yeah. Dude, and I tell you what, I've been, I've been around so many scammers. So we were in Italy. We were in Rome this year, right? So we're walking down. We're walking over the Angels Bridge where they have a little statues of angels. And we're walking over the Angels Bridge, and I'm with my girlfriend and her son. He's a little white kid with a Canada hat fucking hockey jerseys just walking around fucking Rome. easy target right you know he's not so there's this guy that goes up uh black guy he's like oh yeah you're from africa you're my my friend africa whatever and he's like he's bumping bump fists with him i'm like well that's cool okay great and uh he's like oh i want to give you this bracelet i'm like whoa 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 wait a minute he's like no no i want the bracelet i'm like all right kid you're gonna learn a lesson <laughs> <laughs> so the guy puts the bracelet on him. It was this, you know, quote unquote handcrafted bracelet out of leather or whatever. Puts a bracelet on him. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, yeah, you're my friend. Blah, blah. They're high fiving like uncomfortably too many times. And then he's ready to walk. We're ready to walk away. And the guy's like, oh, would you give me some money for the bracelet? And we're like, yeah. I was like, dude, you could have the bracelet back. Took the bracelet off. Get back to him, like, don't ever look at us again. And we kept walking. And we walked down the Angel Bridge. And you know what? That little kid was afraid to walk through the Angel Bridge because he's like, oh, they're going to get me. I'm like, dude, let's keep going. You got to look him right in the eye, but like, no, I don't want to buy anything from you. That's and it. if they still yeah. talk to you, then you can talk to them. So I tell you, it was a lesson learned. And he learned it the hard way because we actually broke his chops for a little bit. Um, but that's how these scammers work, man. They give you a scam story. They give you a backstory. They they promise this. They promise that. Hey, it's like the face to face Nigerian princess, the prince that's going to give you twenty million dollars for the twenty for the two thousand dollars that you give him right in the airport, right? So if it doesn't happen online, it can happen in your face in person in an airport. That's what this guy did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you you want to help people. You know, like I know most of us would, would like to help people when possible, but that's the thing. It's the line just gets blurred so quickly between people who are just trying to rip you off and people who actually do need the help. And people who actually do need the help are the ones that usually get screwed because everyone's a little more defensive because right. of these scumbag people trying to scam you. And they don't have a good rap and they're not like really, they don't really want to ask. And uh, it's sad, you know, help people that really need it, but. Scam people are everywhere. I mean, in Florida, we see them all over the place. I mean, it's like Florida's there. Oh, it, it's just so seasonable, and and that's just it. When it's a seasonable climate, you see a lot of them. So yeah, I was just in Penn Station, New York, a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah, same kind of thing. You know, all the tourists are around, and it's like, mm -hmm. hey man, I'm, people in the subway, like just. Guys trying to I'm sell me newspapers for five dollars. It's like, oh my god, everyone, yeah, just put your dollars, not a in. buck, not 20 cents, not whatever you can spare. Like, no, god, five dollars. How did you come up with five dollars? <laughs> it's like, I don't want yesterday's daily news. I assure you, it's not worth five dollars, dude. I am so fucking intrigued. I would ask that person, why did you set your price at five dollars? <laughs> can I give you a dollar? Can I give you 50 cents? Can I, if I had two cents, can I give it to you? You don't take pennies, you only take. Like silver or cash? Like what is going on here? 
I'm going to take Bitcoin. Thank you so much. Really? If anybody has a Bitcoin to spare, like, really? Like, fucking the, just like hang out. Hold his QR code up. He's like, just send to the QR code. <laughs> Scan right here. You can put this your is, phone right up here. Come on, brother. wallet address. Thank you very much. Come on, brother. Help a brother with some, some Bitcoin. That'd be fucking great, dude. Right? We should try that just as an experiment. Maybe we should just have a, we could be like homeless consultants. Get them <laughs> no, no. We'll address. wear suits and we're like, can you help us out? We lost a lot of money in the stock market. Hook us up with some Bitcoin and just see who gives us Bitcoin. That'd no, I think we should just try to help the homeless people. Like, yeah. We'll set up Bitcoin accounts for them. And then they will take a small portion, very small portion, almost Dude, nothing. that'd be sweet. Right? There was like, I, there was some story I saw on Twitter. Like there was a, this, this lady, I think she's a, like in the, the sex worker industry. And she's like, I have helped so many other sex workers, like get Bitcoin, set up a Bitcoin account. So they don't have to deal with you know, the banking industry, the bullshit. And there's, you know, the club stealing money from them. Like they get the little QR code and bloop, get your money that way. So Do you remember better. my angry, um, the angry sunset? On um, Instagram, that <laughs> God, you're the crazy guy on the on the bridge. Oh my God! But this is what I'm talking about. It's so seasonable. Like my girlfriend said something to to a cop, and he she he was like, "Oh, I know that guy. Oh, he does that all the time." But here they are, just crazy acting out crazy, and people are like, "No, well, they're not breaking a the law. They're not doing anything. They're technically not breaking a the law. They're just people crazy. don't want to see him, but." Just because you don't want to see them doesn't mean they're breaking a the law, which I agree. Well, that's kind of cool, but it was a great angry sunset. It was like the sun was screaming at me. Yeah. I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. It was the sun shining down, spouting hate at me. It was like, you should be better. Like, you should, you know, get this podcast where it really should be. That's what he was, he was screaming at me. That's right. You got to listen angry. sometimes, right? It was angry saying, why didn't you make it better? You had all the God gave you the gift to make it better and you didn't do it. That's what I'm saying. But that's why we keep doing it every Praise week. God. We get that's another okay. opportunity. Another opportunity to make it better, right? Exactly. Tomorrow means you can make this sunset tomorrow better. That's right. All right. Next up. So we've talked about the American dream a few times in the podcast today and many more times in the past. It's so just a is, dream. This is it's Mario's. Dream. This is Mario's dream. Dream. Uh, dream mall here. It's gonna have. I'm gonna the, write to American Dream tomorrow because you know what? All this shit sounds like a dream. I haven't seen a goddamn thing in what twenty years. Yeah, twenty goddamn years. Well, it's been ten, but you know, close enough. No. Nope. So they are announcing. No, longer than that. No, when, when was it? Um, it was supposed to open in like oh eight or oh nine. When did it start though? I think we looked it up. Maybe like oh five. So the uh, American Dream is this ridiculous mall in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's next to MetLife Stadium where the Giants and Jets play. It's like five miles from New York City or 10 miles, whatever. It's close. So they have this ridiculous mall. They have an indoor ski area. And they Brian's just, a Giant fan. I'm a I, Jet fan. Yes. But actually, Brian's a Jet fan. Now I'm a Giant fan. We switched. We just switched all of a sudden, switched. like 13 seconds ago, apparently. Exactly. Um, but this mega mall has announced that they are going to have a store called It's Sugar, which is the world's first candy department store nice. and is slated to open at the American Dream Mega Mall on October 25th of this year. So this is going to so be if you're 20... not already fat and in North Jersey. 
go right up there. Yeah, if you're gonna buy a tracksuit, perhaps get the two XL version and oh, then dude, go to. We gotta the open tra- up a tracksuit store right next. To it. That is a good goddamn idea. The large tracksuits. Not even Fucking... a store. One of those like a uh, little middle of the uh, middle of the thing like a kiosk. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, all tracksuits have price all the time. So they're gonna have a twenty-two thousand square foot store over three levels, which will feature more than ten thousand candy choices god damn there won't be a there won't be a belt size under 48 like near there that'd be great i'm just i find it really hilarious this whole american dream thing because you gotta do a big and tall right next to it dude it was supposed to open right before the stock market crashed in like 08 09 and now the stock market's crashing again right before this stupid goddamn mall is going to open. So I wonder if it's even going to open, if there's going to be like, we're out of money again. So we're not even going to bother opening. Like, it's just like, do we really need a 22,000 square foot candy store? Could you imagine if you told those people who were like, you see those pictures of like the depression and people in line to get bread for the family in the thirties. It's like, Hey, you guys want to hear something really funny in like less than 80 years. There's going to be people shopping at a 22,000 square foot candy store. Never going to open. That's what the backs of the greatest generation open. That's what we've built. So, you know, what we've built a society that's okay with our politicians probably giving that mall before it was American dream, a bunch of tax breaks. So they didn't have to pay taxes on it and being okay with it. And now American dreams coming in and they probably did a regeneration of a tax break or something. Yep. Where's, where's the trail of paper and where's the trail of money? Jeffrey I might Epstein get killed tomorrow because the teamsters are probably going to come after me, but where's the construction cost? Where's the materials cost? Like that shit is sunk. Yeah, where's some, where's some, where's some auditing in those uh, those numbers, those yeah. records? I want to see everybody crawl over those numbers. But like, let's let's make it make it. Jeffrey make it back Ep- to normal. Jeffrey Epstein had the numbers. Yeah, he exactly. Oh, <laughs> died with him. Oops, he died. Yeah, Bernie Madoff did the financing. Like, you, it's fucking so criminal, man. So yeah, criminal. It's gross. You want to bitch at something? Rather than occupy Wall Street, go occupy fucking the Meadowlands. Occupy the, uh, your local government offices. Occupy Xanadu. That's occupy what you should start. Occupy Xanadu. Exactly. Fucking Xanadu. Well, this is a happier story. You know what Xanadu was? Xanadu was a fucking made, make-believe. It was a Rush song. was a Rush song. was a movie. Olivia Newton-John was in the movie, and they were skating. Roller skating, right? Yes. Wow. I can't start listening to Xanadu songs with lyrics. That's that's a little weird. All right. You got the next one? I'll take yeah, you got you gotta round this up because I think the last one is Is that you? No, that's you. Last All one's right. you. I got this. So Delta just had a flight. And I've heard about this because uh my own significant is was a uh, flight attendant and person that worked for some airlines. And they often move equipment from place to place, meaning jets and other stuff. So there's actually a lone passenger on a Delta flight. And he actually uh, put it on YouTube. So he's a um, 
So from Colorado to Utah, I wish this was when we were taking like a ski vacation. It was great. <laughs> um, a New York man caught a flight and uh, I guess he was, he was out. He's a marketing guy and um, he was the only passenger on the plane. So it was pretty crazy because it was like a, like a big jet. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like I said before, like just figure like you get on a big ass plane. There's nobody on the plane. You can sit wherever you want. We'll give you drinks whenever you want. It's all first class. Like, like everything is what you want. He had a great time. He went in the cockpit because I guess they're like, he was, you watch the video and he's like, I guess they were like, it's only one person. They can't take, overtake us both. These guys are probably ex-military were like, we'll, we'll break his neck. Don't worry about it. And he's in the cockpit, like shaking the guy's hand, like just hanging out. Like he had a great time. And I tell you what, it was, it, it was pretty cool. It, like, had he originally me, it seemed a little eerie. Well, did he like know, like, was he planning to take this flight from the start or did he just kind of like do some research and go, oh, there's like no one on this flight. I'm going to take it. No, I think he was trying to catch a flight from point A to point B. And that was the only flight. And then switch, switch, switch. And then they called. He actually has the video from when they called him to board. They said, will the only passenger for this <laughs> flight come up and board? And he went up. I was like, holy shit. It's pretty awesome. You got to watch the little little video. Mm. Um, I'd be a little freaked out. There's a lot of people that, that posted they'd be freaked out. And Yeah, but yeah, it's, all like, I, it's all like New York City dildos who are like, oh, I'm used to 47 million people around me, so if I was by myself, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> But he posted it like he was really good, um, good nature about it. He was like, well, this is great. I was like, I have my own private jet. Yeah. Like literally, he has his own private jet. That's pretty funny. Now, like, at that point, I'd be like, can I pick some people up? Just like, yeah. come on, get on well, the jet. Well, the flight was from Aspen to Salt Lake City. So I can pretty much assure you that if there's ever snow on the ground, that flight is always jammed with people. I know. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. That'd be great. I mean, can you, can how imagine? long could that flight possibly have been? Like an hour and a half, maybe. But while you're on your flight this year from Aspen to Salt Lake City, think about this dude. They're like, I wanted that dude flight, man. Come yeah. on. While the yeah. while the edibles are setting in, but like, I really wish I could have that Delta flight, bro. That would be nice. That's for sure. God damn, this bourbon's really going down well. And it is oh, fucking storming. We can tell. I can hear that too. Holy shit. You uh, can hear it? I can hear it, yeah. Holy crap. Sounds like, it sounds like you're in the shower. It's like this. angry rain. I should yeah. be in the shower right now. I, I think it's like a, I got to find a bunker. <laughs> yeah, so we got one more story left. This is a. Dude, Mario, this is a coup de grace. This is it. This is uh, interesting. This so is Mc, great. McDonald's, this is a great story. McDonald's Japan beverage cups are not PG rated when viewed from certain <laughs> angles. Oh my God. And you don't realize until you view them from certain angles and you're like, Holy shit, this is great. So McDonald's Japan had a sweet idea to promote its new summertime McFizz drinks with clear, clear cups with a boy on one side and a girl on the other that once emptied show the boy and the girl innocently kissing. A little heteronormative, but overall nothing especially offensive. It's when customers began tilting the cups at different angles 
that the adorable romance turned hot and heavy. Nice. A blog penned by English language Japanese job board Guy and Pot first brought the cups to our attention, noting that when viewed from certain angles, the cups peck on the cheek becomes a multitude of other intimate moments. That's awesome. Yeah. There's going to be at Comic-Con next year, there's going to be some characters out of this. I Think love so. you, McDonald's. Thank you. So, yeah, there's one where the, the, the girl is kind of leaning over and the gentleman is behind her. The and, gentleman. Uh, I like how you, you know, do I, I, I try to keep it classy here. Keep it classy. There's, there's one where the, the gal may be a little bit lower than the gentleman. That is pretty fucking awesome. You know somebody drawing this. I got to say, Japan has a little more artistic skill and intuition, usually. Yeah. I think they have a little repression okay. down there, too, in Japan. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to say, they nailed this on the head, so to speak. Um, yeah. I think they they were planning this, and it's I gotta say it's it's shocking but awesome. Us repressed Americans have a real problem with that, but you know, let's be honest, it's kind of funny and it's adorable at the same time. Just giving a kiss in the right place, it all works out. Um like George Carlin once said, he's like in America, you know, he doesn't understand why prostitution is illegal. Selling is legal and fucking is legal. Why yeah. isn't selling fucking legal? Exactly. He's like, he's like, in the army, you get a medal for spraying napalm on people. In America, you go to jail for giving someone an orgasm. He's like, I do not understand the logic in that. It's pretty crazy if you think about it, right? Dude, if you think about most things in this world, it's kind of crazy. At what point does selling, well, become prostitution, right? So let's say you meet a person man or woman out in a bar and you have intercourse you hang out with them maybe you don't even have intercourse maybe you just kiss hug hold out of course whatever you give that person at the end of the night i'm gonna give you five dollars for a cab Woo! fucking lights <laughs> fucking bright cuffs dude let's be honest what's an engagement ring Seriously, it's, boo. It's, it's just the same as prostitution. It's the same. I'm sorry, boo. Thing. I love you. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec, Mister. <laughs> I don't see no <laughs> you ring. You just gave somebody uh, over ten thousand. That's Grand Theft Auto. You. Up. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. I think the storm. I know. Is, uh, Goddamn storm. It's washing away. Censorship. If you don't see me next week, I'm gonna be washed away. I'm gonna be a pirate. You'll be in Cuba. Right You'll be in Cuba. Goddamn. Or I drank the rest of this goddamn. Woody, that's you've you've had like two coffee cups full of bourbon. You know the coffee's really good here. It's gotta say, yeah, this Kentucky blend. Help us Thank now. you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Podcast.com. Yes, help us now on all the socials: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Keepum Podcast. Email Keepum Podcast at gmail.com. We are at we're all. Podcasts are available uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Thank you again. Please rate us five stars, tell your friends, and we will talk to you guys next week.
Stay safe, Stay safe,